Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. The Sports Cage Podcast is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Order your favorite CBH menu items from the comfort of your home with Skip the Dishes. Sitting in for Derek Taylor is Michael Ball. Ah, uh, yes, and thanks for having me. It's great to be back from my Middle Eastern journey. I'll tell you what, Zinger. What a place. Welcome back, What man. a place. A, a Lamborghini, every five cars. Every building's bigger than the next. It's un- I went on a desert roller coaster like a Jeep Safari. The guy gets out, he drops the PSI and the tires from 33 to 15, and I don't like roller coasters. We I was almost kissing the desert floor. It was unbel- It was a great time. I was out of my element, but it was great to uh, see how the other side lives for three weeks. But I'm back. By the way, longest I've ever taken off, four holidays in radio. And uh, and Clayton Croker joining me here on uh, on the hotline here, Clayton. You know, in our business, when you take a certain amount of time off, you worry the boss is starting to find your replacement. Am I right when I say that? Well, you also feel bad because you know your co-host. You're making their life a living hell because their job just got twice as hard. They're doing your job as well. That's what I hate about taking time off. I feel just guilty for my co-host. They're they're working their tail off while I'm. Having day beers. And I, having I, a good I, time. Don't, I don't. I don't. Because here's the thing. Ballsy. You have so much seniority. You have so much holidays. Take some holidays. Ballsy. Why are you in holidays again? I can't win. <laughs> so, no, I didn't feel bad about that. I was just worried about them replacing this old bag of bones. Speaking of replacing old bag of bones and roller coasters, we got a roller coaster of a radio show here called the Sports Cage Ballsy with the best producer in the business, Zinger, still wearing that Packers hat, even though another letdown of the playoffs. I haven't even had time to talk to you about that. And over there in Saskatoon is our buddy Clayton Croker, Morning Man 96.3 Cruise FM. And speaking of Moving on from Old Bag of Bones, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are not re-signing John Ryan. He is done. He will do his exclusive interview with us here after 5 o'clock. Give us his thoughts on that. Jeremy O'Day held a State of the Union address and didn't say a whole hell of a lot. Let's roll the first piece of audio here, Zinger. He talks about the fact they're not uh, re-upping with Ed Ganey either. We did uh, We did talk to... Uh, um uh, representation for Ed and 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 did talk to him and, and say that we were weren't going to offer him back. So um, we've done that with uh, with a few of the current players um, that we've uh, that are on the team. You know, the reality is 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 every year the team's going to be different, and um, you know it's not always going to be the same. And there's going to be some changes, and there's going to be some adjustments to the team. So um, we did actually reach out to him, uh, his his representation, and let him know and. And still are, um, you know, are still still are planning on having a conversation with that, but um, we did let him know we weren't going to offer him back. Clayton, Clayton, your thoughts on Ed Ganey, uh, I guess, not being back with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. A couple of years ago, he was a turnover machine, started a little slow. He even admitted he felt behind the eight ball with the whole long layoff being an older guy, but I thought as the season went on, played pretty well. Your thoughts on Ed Ganey not being retained? 
It's going to be tough because we're going to miss his leadership in the secondary, right? Nick Marshall is going to have to step up and be that guy to kind of be the veteran voice in that secondary group because Engadi was the guy in Ryderville for what seemed like forever. He was just the guy in the secondary, all-reliable, right? That one season he got 11 interceptions, I think it was. It was like 7.30 in the morning when I saw that tweet and my heart just sank, right? Like, it's not just his ability on the field. It's the fact he's a fan favorite. I've been saying it on the cage a lot. The CFL needs their players to stay in one market, become a fan favorite, sell jerseys, be in the community. Ed Ganey was one of those guys, and and he gone, Ballsy. He gone. Yeah, and uh, that uh, ties into John Ryan, and we'll get into him and your thoughts on that in our pick six a little later on in the show. Okay, O'Day was asked about Duke Williams... William Powell and the aforementioned John Ryan. We have discussions with the players if, if they want to share what those discussions were at this time. I think that's that's um, uh, you know that's fine. They, they're they're able to do that if they um, if they choose to. But from just from the uh, the perspective of the time frame of what we're what we're in right now with uh, with this negotiation window, I think we're gonna not go through the, na- the list of names of who we talked to and what we said to them and, and who we think will be back and who we don't think will be back and. Um, the reality is, is we're going to we're going to all know that in the next week to 10 days and and then um, obviously be able to have a more open discussion about, um, you know, some of the decisions that were made or the thought process that went into them. Not an easy job for Jeremy O'Day, and he admits that it's a balancing act this time of year. Yeah, it's um, it's it's an interesting process, to be honest, you, you're you've got players on your team that you'd like to bring back that are being talked to by other teams and vice versa. You're talking to players on other teams um, that you'd like to join your team. So it is an interesting dynamic. Um, And so uh, there is a large number of free agents this year. I mean, I think there's the the number is, is, is very large. And, and um, I think it may be part of the reason was, is, is that the season uh, was pushed back and there was a, you know, less of a, a period between, um, between the season and free agency. So I think what happened is you saw, you've seen more guys that went into free agency really about the timing. You know, we started working on it almost immediately after the season and then you're into Christmas and new years. And, you know, before you know it, you're, you're to this point. And uh, so I, th- I think uh, if you, lots, you know, I, I wouldn't, I don't know if I could put a number on it, but I think you're um, a lot of it is if I'm, if we're, if I'm not doing my job, um, I should be reaching out to a lot of players and, and talking to a lot of players, um, you know, to see if there's a fit there or, you know, sometimes the conversation is the player is, is retiring or the player is um, going through something that you don't know of because he's not on your team. Right. And then there's other indications where you can say the players, you know, interesting and in, in looking at the market and he's interested in hearing what you have to offer. And so, um, there's a little, there is some recruitment that goes on. There's, there's conversations with both the player and the agent. Um, and, and you also, you, you know, you get the coaches involved as well. Right. So if someone is going to switch teams and you know, the, the contract isn't considerably different, um, then it's, you know, they want, you're going to have to have a conversation and, and see where they fit in and they, and they want to know, um, really how they how they fit in with the team and and another common theme is you know a lot of these guys want an opportunity to win a championship right so that is a that's a big thing with the players is is um, the opportunity to go to a team that they think can win the championship so um 
you know, I, I, I won't, I don't say, I wouldn't say it's, um, it's easier when you have a winning team, but I, it certainly doesn't hurt, um, when you're, when you're close to, uh, close to winning a championship or get an opportunity to play in the great, great book. That's, it's certain some of the players do prioritize. So, I mean, let's be honest, this football team with Jeremy O'Day and Craig uh, Dickinson running it, they've been to the Western final two years in a row, losing both games to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, two games that they could have easily won. What a a crossbar in one and a lot of missed opportunities on the frozen tundra in Winnipeg against your team, Clayton Croker. So those are the two best teams, at least coming into this offseason. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, don't be saying Winnipeg's my team, okay? My parents are diehard Winnipeg Blue Bomber fans. They were season ticket holders. I stay on the fence. I'm more of a Ryder fan, pal. I'm more of a Ryder fan. Easy. Don't be be trying to throw me under the bus to make people like you better by comparison. I know what you're doing here, buddy. I saw you jumping in in front of a TV with Winnipeg Blue Bomber stuff on. I'm not that blind. Don't lie. That's because I was wearing wearing my Andrew Harris jersey. I used to play against Andrew Harris, and I'm, uh, I'm really pumped for Andrew Harris, a fellow BCFC alumni. That's why. Typical, if you typical, notice in both in both photos, I got Andrew Harris on the TV. I timed yeah. it perfectly. I had to get my wife to take the photo like eight times. Typical, typical bomber fan always making excuses. Oh, he wow. didn't mean to use performance enhancing stuff. Oh, uh, we're not cheating. Everybody just wants to stay there. Uh, we'll talk about that coming up a little later on. But I wanted to actually uh, the Ryder fan in you. I wanted to discuss this. So Ed Gainey goes, but now it looks like I heard you and Derek talking earlier this week. Luches Purifoy uh, doesn't sound like they're the best of terms either, judging by his social media. Hasn't been a great social media week for Ryder fans. Luches Purifoy one day, then you got Ed Gainey the next, right? And and DT spot on about Purifoy, man. Like he's he's right to have a man crush on the guy because he's all over the field. Like the second half of the season, he was the best Riders defensive player, hands down. And AC Leonard was pretty good, actually. It was kind of a tie, one A, one B. Purifoy was great, and the fact that Ganey and Purifoy it looks like, judging by Twitter, uh, they're not going to be back. Fingers crossed. It's like actual Twitter, and it's all just smoke and mirrors and lies. Yeah. So Purifoy, I don't know. I think maybe that's just a little posturing, and and hopefully. Hopefully he is back because that would be a big blow. Because you mentioned Nick Marshall and leadership. Nick Marshall is a great football player. He makes spectacular plays. He plays on the edge. But I don't know how good a leader Nick Marshall is. He he lost his bearings on more than one occasion this year. Now, these are humans, not robots. This dude lost his brother coming into last season. He was shot and killed, and it was a, a tough year for Nick Marshall. So I get that, and I take every you know take that with a grain of salt. But I mean, the guy, I don't know. I want to see if he can step up and be that leader that you alluded to. Former quarterback, bud, used to be the quarterback at an SEC school. You know, mm-hmm. like you got to have some kind of grace to do that. And quarterbacks, when you're a quarterback, you're just a born leader. Look at Zinger, former Regina Riffle quarterback, leads the show every single day. Does a great job. So. Look at hey, that. Thanks, Proven. Yeah, look at no try, problem, buddy. Trying to, trying to get in uh, sweet there with our producer. So uh, Sean Kleisker, Ballsy here, and of course Clayton Croker. All right, so we got plenty to get to. We're going to get to Mitch Picton a little later on. Les Lazarek, voice of the Saskatoon Blades, just called his 2000th Western Hockey League game. His first ever was at the then Agrodome in 1994. We'll talk about that first story back in the day. Ian McMillan from Betside to talk about some early lines. 
on the uh, on the Super Bowl, and we'll talk Canadian NHL teams and their sp- uh, prospects for the playoffs in terms of the betting lines. Clayton and I will break down the topical stories of the day. Six pick six stories, as we like to say. Farhan Lalji joins us, and Brad Horning, beloved in this community. Terminal cancer, the former Pat who was paralyzed in a Pats game in 1987. Rob Vanstone wrote a nice column today in the Leader Post. We'll have him on before the show is done. And don't forget, 520, John Ryan, football royalty, will not be back with your Rough Riders. They've elected not to re-sign him. And O'Day wouldn't talk about it, but John's ready to talk about it. We'll hear about that after 5. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. It's 419 with the afternoon rush. Washington's NFL team is now known as the Commanders. The new name unveiled Wednesday comes 18 months after the franchise dropped its old moniker. Commanders was chosen over the finalists such as Red Hogs, Admirals, Presidents. So there you have it, the Washington Commanders. Women's hockey captain Marie Philippe Poulin and short track speed skating star Charles Hamlin will be Canada's flag bearers at the opening ceremony at the Beijing Olympics. The ceremony is scheduled for Friday at 6 a.m. Saskatchewan time. And we've got five games in the NHL Wednesday night, highlighted by Ballsy's Edmonton Oilers in Washington at 6 p.m. The Capitals, they're going to be without Alex Ovechkin for tonight's game. OVU will also miss the NHL All-Star game as he has entered COVID protocol. And uh, one other Canadian franchise in action tonight, the Flames and Arizona. And the Regina Pats, they take on the Saskatoon Blades tonight at the Brand Centre. Pre-game show gets started at 6.35 with our next guest, Dante DiCaria Balls. Yeah, just before we get to him, I want to thank Clayton Croker's Calgary Flames. You're a, you're a Flames fan, right, Croker? Or are you going to lie about that too? Huge Flames fan, buddy. Huge Flames yeah. fan. Also, the Blades are going to trounce the Pats tonight. Go, oh, Blades, okay. go. We'll talk about that in a second. But your Calgary Flames, who I do not like, I bet on them last night, losing 3-1, headed to the third period. And bang, they get me 50 bucks. A cool 53 in the third for the Calgary Flames. And a big victory there. Them and the Oilers are battling hard for the playoffs. Uh, which big is... spender, hey? Big spender. Yeah, well... Getting that $10 bet, hey? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, well, uh, we, we work at the same company, so you know what kind of pocketbook I have. Absolutely. Hey, let's head out in the Western Pizza Hotline, and we should remind you, dinner time, game time, anytime, a great time to order Western Pizza. Ask your local Western Pizza location about their specials. I was up and down Dubai. Streets, skyscrapers, malls, could not find a Western Pizza. Quite frankly, it pissed me off. So I'm going to have myself a Western Pizza here tonight after I work out. Let's head out on the Western Pizza Hotline. Speak with the voice of your Regina Pats, Dante DeCaria. How are you, Dante? Michael, Dubai. Yeah. Hey, nice. It was awesome. There, two hockey rinks. There was one that was Al Ritchie-like. The scoreboard, <laughs> the scoreboard you could barely see. I watched a mean beer league game. And then I watched a midget hockey game right in the mall in Dubai. Only two rinks. And actually, the, the, the rink guy showed up late. So one of the parents hopped on the Zamboni to clean the ice. That is, a true, that is a true story. Dubai hockey, it's unreal. And I, I envy it. Yeah, no, it's, it's great, man. Maybe you can, uh, maybe you can, what do they call them? Maybe you can be the voice of the Dubai Sand Knights. That was the, the midget team. <laughs> and I, I, I kid you not, the beer league team I watched, uh, my brother-in-law, it was the, Flami- the Flamingos. And one of the guys on the team is friends with Michael Buble, and they got these, like, pink and blue, their jerseys are, like, pink and blue and stuff. And 
he he bought them all track suits. So like Michael Bublé is a big Dubai pink flamingos fan. I think I'm learning today, man. This yeah, no, is awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, look at that. See, I'm a culturally in touch man all over the world. Anyway, Dante, uh, you're nowhere near 2,000 games called, are you? No, actually, uh, I was thinking about it this morning, just kind of adding up, you know, all the games that I've called since I was 17 in junior A, and I'm probably around 500. So no, not even close. So can you imagine? You're what 24? Yeah, 24 years old, and I I have been on the Iron Lung before, all the way out to Vancouver, all the way back with the Pats back in the day, and I was in my upper 20s when I did that. Les Lazaruk, the voice of the Saskatoon Blades, is 62 years old, and he still drives on the bus. Now, I know we got Bob Ridley, the, the king of the, the road. Literally, he <laughs> drove the bus and did the games for the Tigers. But, I mean, Les Lazaruk curled up in a ball in a... I tried to sleep for 14 hours on a plane, and I couldn't. This dude drives on a bus. Can you imagine doing that at 62? I couldn't imagine doing it at 62. The one thing I will say, I really like doing it at 24. I honestly, like, through the pandemic when I was, you know, not working for a hockey team yeah. or broadcasting, uh, the thing I missed the most was the bus trip. So I'm sure that's something that just doesn't get old for, for less, and he probably loves it. Hey, uh, by the way, Clayton Croker joining us. Clayton, you did point out to me, and thank you for that. The article I read was wrong. Tonight is actually Les's yes. 2,000th game, right, uh, Clayton? Absolutely. 2,000 games. I used to board off some of those games for him. He is the uh, the best play-by-play guy to work with. He helps you through everything when you're just starting out. The guy is just the definition of class, and I'm not just saying that because he's a fellow redhead. So Okay, cool. Dante, uh, uh, I know you like to pick the brains of other broadcasters. Uh, we've had you on before. You talked about Gary Thorne. Do you get a chance to sit down with the guys like uh, Les Lazaric of the league and kind of pick their brains? I, honestly, you know what? I was thinking about that on my drive-in. I haven't seen less since October 24th, and it was very brief. You know, I, I haven't actually really had the opportunity to talk with them much, given that we haven't seen each other in a long time. And the first time they came to down, I was maybe in game like seven of my Western Hockey League career. So a lot of it was still new to me, and I just didn't really have the time to sit down and talk with less. But uh, among other broadcasters in the league, yeah, for sure, I've picked a lot of their brains. Um, just trying to, you know, maybe take some little things here and there. I've listened to Les quite a bit, and there's obviously, you know, the one thing I'm always trying to do is improve my vocabulary, and I noticed that Les has a really good vocabulary. For example, um, I think the first thing that I picked up on him that he used was feathered, which is another word for how the player passes the puck. Mm -hmm. I learned that from Les, just kind of listening to his games from from a distance, and uh, it's something that I've kind of taken into my game from time to time this year. Feathered is also how Clayton Croker does his hair. Feathered. (laughs) I don't have enough hair to feather anything up there, buddy. Like maybe, maybe, the, maybe I'll feather the sides. I got a major George Costanza going on here. So, what kind of game do we got tonight, Dante? This guy in Saskatoon says it's going to be a thrashing blades all over the Pats. How do you see it through your Regina Pats broadcasting eyes? Well, the Blades are coming off a four-game winning streak. They just lost, you know, three nothing on Sunday. Um, you know, they're winners of, you know, five consecutive road games coming in. So they've been playing some pretty good hockey as of late. Um, if you look at their record this season, they're you know six games above 500, while the Pats are three games under 500. Although the Blades have played a couple of more games than the Pats, uh, they're ahead of them in the standings. So yeah, you could look at the standings and say, okay, the Blades are going to win. But um, as far as that goes, it's going to be tough, right? Like just being quite honest, the Pats now have five players on the injured list. They played just you know 10 days to two weeks with a full healthy roster. Like they have not been healthy at all. 
this season, and that is what what's hurt them. I'm sure Pats fans are wondering, hey, why are you know how many times have the Pats made it to one game under 500 and then they lose two in a row, and that's what happened on Friday, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, of course they want to get back to sea level. There's still lots of time left in the season with 32 games to go, but uh, if the Pats are going to win and going to make the playoffs, they're just a couple of points out of eighth. Uh, they need to to get healthy, and um, it's going to be tough to do that, right? Zach Stringer's out for at least you know a couple of weeks, and Jacob Brook and Zane Rowan and Jake Johnson and Adam McNutt now out. So um, next man up, in my opinion. So Clayton, I'll start with you. What guy growing up watching? Uh, let's talk, let's stay with like junior hockey or maybe hockey in general, however you want to approach it. What guy for you as a young guy coming up watching made you like, yeah, I got to watch that guy. Turn me on to hockey. Like that, that, that really, that guy grabbed my attention because Connor Bedard is that for the young Pats fan. Who was it for you? The young blades guy. Going to Sask Place when it was still Sask Place and seeing Darcy Hortichuk beat the crap out of everybody in the WHL. That guy was the guy in Saskatoon. He would score two goals, two assists, and have three fights. This guy, it was so much fun watching him and then having the NHL career that he did. He was a bit of a suitcase, but Darcy Hortichuk, that was my guy. Close second, Devin Setaguchi. I'm just, I had two Blades guys. You wanted some junior guys, so yep, there you go. That's cool. How about you, Dante? I know you're younger than us, but uh, who did it for you early on as a young guy growing up? Um, honestly, I could go to both. Um, the Ottawa 67s growing up in Ottawa, Ontario. My favorite Ottawa 67 growing up was uh, probably, well, because of my name, Dante Solitero. He was a pretty good uh, <laughs> Ottawa 67. And, um, you know, honestly, I like guys like Derek Jocelyn and Mark Mancari and Logan Couture. Those were kind of like when I was in grade five, grade six. So those are the, the first couple of players that I remember. They, they had brief NHL careers, but still good hockey players. Couture, obviously, we know what he's done. And then as far as NHL players, Jason Spezza, he was my first favorite Ottawa Senator. I'm not a Sens fan, but growing up, he was kind of the, the first guy that I gravitated towards. And I think it kind of helped that I met him and got a picture of him and he signed an autograph for me. So that probably had something to do with it. <laughs> yeah, And for me, it was Dale Durkach, the rat. The rat yep. uh, was the guy for me here with the Regina Pats. And then uh, Brad Horning was another guy. And we'll talk about him before the show's done. We know his unfortunate uh, uh, diagnosis with cancer here, but uh, I was in the rink the night that he was uh, injured, and he was uh, going for his 33rd goal of the season. I liked, I liked those uh, those kind of pat players back in the day. Okay, Dante will join us with the pregame show right when this show ends. Thanks for your time, man. Be looking forward to your call, Pats and the Blades. Okay. Thanks a lot, guys. Take care. That's Dante DiCaria, voice of your Regina Pats here on 620 CKRM. When we come back, one big number, and we'll hear from our rider broadcasting legend, Don Hewitt. I'm Ballsy along with Clayton Croker and our producer, Sean Kleisinger, and you too. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. And our one big number today is uh, 46.7. That was the uh, gross punting average for John Ryan in 10 games in 2021. He had a long of 77, and over almost two seasons, his net punting average was almost 37 yards. He was an all-star and on track to be an all-star in 2021 before his season was cut short with that fracture in his ankle. And now... No longer a Saskatchewan Rough Rider. We'll talk to him just after five. That's one big number. Saskatchewan Rough Riders is our day. Let's show our pride in the green and Ah, yes. 
Time to head out on the Western Pizza Hotline and keep this show rolling on. Western Pizza, dinner time, game time, anytime is a great time to order Western Pizza. Ask your local Western Pizza location about their specials. This guy had his first stint on our pregame show and postgame show. He is a broadcasting legend in this town. He is Don Hewitt. And Don, you and Wes Cates were, uh, were added to the Plaza of Honor Committee, which is outstanding. Uh, the power of CKRM Radio. The two of us uh, hired by yourself, Ballsley, to do a pre- and post-game show, and suddenly we're on the selection committee for the Plaza of Honor. So the power of Ballsley and CKRM Radio right there. Well, obviously not that powerful because dividend. nobody asked me to do it. Nobody asked me to be on it. The- well, you got to get – well, Wes isn't that old, but you got to be usually an old codger like me to be on that committee. So you're, you're, you're just a youngster yet, Ballsley. You also have to be respected, so i got a little ways to go in that department oh, too. Uh, by the way, I want to point out, here's an interesting note about Don Hewitt. You heard the song that Zinger played, Green is the Color. It signifies right. a really bad period of Rough Rider football. Ball, right it was right. The, the 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 song was cheesy the playbook was cheesy we were a brutal team but i love the riders all the same did you know that don hewitt was gainer the gopher he was the first gainer the gopher i don't know if a lot of people knew that yeah i, I don't publicly comment on that well, well now you do <laughs> Like, I try to keep it quiet. You got your jelly fit. You got quiet your no je- more. you got your jelly stained gopher paws all over this football team. You were the gopher. You were a broadcaster. You're a season ticket holder. Now you're a Plaza of Honor guy. Man, well, you're I a mean, legend. I biggest. Well, uh, really, the biggest claim to fame that I've had so far uh, around my life with the Riders is this, and I'll be very blunt. I am a buddy of Ballsy. That's number one. Okay. Now, hey, enough of the love fest. I'll tell you what I don't love, Don Hewitt. And feel free to chime in here, too. Clayton Croker joining us, too, Don. I should have pointed that out. Um, You bet. And and Clayton, we'll reset this later in the show. But uh, we'll get into this right now. John, Jeremy O'Day wouldn't go there. And I have complete trust in Jeremy O'Day and Craig Dickinson and what they do. They have proven it over two years. So I am not in any way cutting them down. And if I was Jeremy O'Day, I'd probably do the same thing sitting in his chair. And truth be told, John Ryan is a good friend of mine to the point where he's like a brother. So it's a little, right. it's a little close to me, okay? Yes. But I'm going to tell you this right now. This ridiculous global initiative that was started by our commissioner, Randy Ambrosi, and obviously had the backing of the higher-ups in the CFL, has cost us a local football legend. It is an absolute atrocity. I think it's egregious. What a joke. John Ryan can still punt the football. He's the best specialist Craig Dickinson said he's ever been around, both CFL and NFL. Craig's words, not mine. And he's not a member of this team because we have elected to keep Corey Vedvik. And this isn't a commentary on Corey Vedvik. I don't think he's terrible. I think he did a pretty admirable job. But he is not John Ryan. You can't tell me the product is better with Corey Vedvik on the field as opposed to John Ryan. Oh, and then there's the thing we call intangibles. John Ryan just gave 200 thousand dollars to the u of r rams in a scholarship 
John Ryan has held golf tournaments year after year in this town for charities, including supporting the RMF. I don't know if you've heard about it or not. The Gear Up with John Ryan Foundation for Minimites. You know, growing the league. Ambassador. A guy that stays in the community. I tell you what, I'm not... Once again, if I was Jeremy O'Day, in fairness to him, I may do the same thing, but that's narrow-sighted. I, I don't know, man. You find, well, you find a way. Well, here's, here's the way I see it right now. I think all the compliments that you just gave John Ryan are correct, are, are factual. Uh, I think John Ryan's going to go down as one of the greatest athletes that's ever uh, come out of the city of Regina of all time, and there's no, no question about it. I do think that they probably made a, um, uh, you know, in the upper management of the football operations, I think they've made a decision that around the $200,000 mark that John Ryan was being paid, that they are instead going to employ uh, a starter on either offense or defense in, in the place of his salary. Don, let me stop you there. Don, let me Don, let me stop you there. Not not often is the professor way off base. John Ryan, John Ryan makes ninety thousand dollars. Okay, so he what did he make? Two hundred the first year, or or, and then ninety the second? I'm not sure, but he only makes ninety thousand this year. He only made ninety thousand last year. Okay, fair enough. Uh, But I'll I I will I will continue on the same narrative though. I mean, Jeremy O'Day said uh, from Las Vegas just earlier today. He said, you know, a lot of the uh, pending free agents that are still on the team, uh, like Eli Vuka or, uh, you know, Johnson or Henry at defensive tackle, Powell, Purifoy, all those guys, even a guy like Jacob Dearborn. I mean, they all want raises. All of those guys that they haven't signed want raises. Some of the free agents that they might go after, like maybe they're going after a Nolan McMillan off the O-line of Ottawa or, uh, you know, Duke is even in, in, in the ballpark. Uh, Jake Wanicky, I heard they might be interested in him. Might be over Lawler if they don't get Duke. Darnell Sankey, what's he going to cost? He's the best linebacker in the CFL, lead the CFL in tackles. Could they go after him? Uh, you know, it, it is so difficult. They're pressed up against it so much. Of course, they're going to go right to the cap as they do every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's just a hard decision, and I don't think that John Ryan is gone because the Rough Riders didn't want him per se. No, he's gone. He's he gone. No, he's gone because they were forced to get rid of him because they needed to save money, like you said. Let's call it like we see it. And because of this league implemented, we got to have two mannequins on the roster. We 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 have this guy on the roster. He gets paid below league minimum, and he's paid by the league. Now mm-hmm. there may be not. Well, he's got a point there. And I want to bring, I want to bring, I want to bring Clayton into this, and then I'll go back to you, Don. Clayton, does it not look like the kicker's being targeted? Does it not look like the Canadian kicker is? They're zeroing in on the Canadian kicker because I've talked to a few, and they feel threatened. I don't know if it goes that much deep into it. Like, I don't think it's that big of a conspiracy. I think it's just money, right? I mean, John Ryan, like you said, $90,000. That's still a lot when Corey Vedvik's probably making league minimum, right? And Corey Vedvik can kick, man. He, he's a pretty good punter. So when you're thinking about, like, a $30,000 difference in salary for a punter, when really John Ryan can maybe get an extra three, five yards over Vedvik, like, on an average punt, 
I mean, is that worth $30,000 when maybe you can use that 30 on Duke? Maybe that's the difference between Duke Williams, right, and getting him and not. So I think it does come down to money. Even though John Ryan doesn't make crazy money, it's still money that could be used on not a punter. I know the punter is a very important position, but, I mean, I'd rather have Duke Williams than than John Ryan, you to think, be honest you, with you. Do you honestly think John Ryan's salary is going to be the difference, whether we sign Duke Williams or not? And let me just... It might be. It's Grey Cup year, right? We're hosting the Grey Cup. we got to get as much money as we can into these big positions like receiver and stuff. And, like, when you got a guy like Vedvik, again, it's not like we have some incompetent punter waiting in the wings. This Vedvik guy kind of proved it last year that he can be a very competent punter. He's got a huge leg on him, so... I don't know. I think John Ryan is jacked. He is the most like physically in shape yeah. redhead ever. But I mean, he is getting up there in age. So yeah, I don't but, know. But, but but there, I'll 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 piggyback this and swing it to you, Don, because uh, Clayton brings up a good point. It's not like John Ryan sucks. John Ryan was an all-star in 2019, mm-hmm. and he was on pace to be an all-star in 2021 before he got hurt, which, by the way, was running down to make a tackle, uh, which is something Craig Dickinson was preaching in the offseason he wanted his kicker to do, be downfield making tackles. John tried to do that and probably shouldn't have, and he even admitted he shouldn't have. But where I'm going right. with this, fellas, is we have a problem. This guy's in the top five jersey sales for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I already pointed out he's given back to the community on a number of occasions. One of the biggest problems we have in the CFL is identifying with our players. It's nice to see some guy signing two-year contracts, Professor. But here you've got a local football legend who isn't playing for the money, and he is playing because he wanted to play in a home Grey Cup, which got bumped back a couple of years because of COVID. And I'm not saying keep the guy around on a token thing. But don't we have to look big picture here? Don't we have to look big picture here? It's a never-ending story. The local player that is loved by the fans always ends up, if he doesn't retire beforehand, always ends up being released. This is this will never end. It's it's the way that football works, whether you agree with it or not in regards to whether he's you know, his ability should, or, you know, he should be on the team through his ability. But I think right now uh, we're not going to find out until next Tuesday, I believe, uh, you know, who the riders are possibly bringing in uh, either uh, free agents or uh, signing veterans on their own team. And so we're emotional at the moment because all we see is a few net losses here with that Ganey, of course, earlier today announcing he wouldn't be back with the team. So, I mean, this is the way it, it works. Uh, I mean, my, my son, I remember he went and got a Willie Jefferson Ryder jersey, and it lasted about two weeks you know, before he wasn't on the Rough Riders, and he had this brand-new jersey. Mm-hmm. It never ends, and it's it's always sad. I mean, do I feel sad that John Ryan isn't on the Rough Riders? Yes, I do. Uh, do I understand why he's not on the Rough Riders? Yes, I do. In but some can, can we can we, all, can we not always can no. we all agree with no. this though? That I once again I want to reiterate this. And as the voice of the riders, we are the voice of the team. So I'm not. Right. I'm also not going to just shotgun these guys. Okay. The, the the GM and the coach have proven they they know what they're doing. Okay. 
And I would do the same yep. thing probably if I was Jeremy O'Day because my hands are tied. I got to find two spots for global players, and they've targeted the kickers. I don't care if we want to admit it or not. The draft proved it. Six of the first nine picks were kickers. You, No disrespect to yep. Vedvik. No disrespect. But John Ryan, Clayton mentions punting. Sure, mm. it might be equal. I can guarantee you where it's not equal. Holding. You ask Brett Lowther, give him a few beers off the record, I'll guarantee, I'll guarantee you he's going to tell me that John Ryan is the best holder he's ever been around. Oh, and I it's agree not, and it, and Very good Hold point, Ballsy. Very good and point. And it's not close. So that's what I'm saying. Like, what are, what are we doing here with this global initiative? That's why I'm worked up. Yes, John's my friend. He's like a brother. It's the same when Dressler got cut and Chick got cut, okay? Which is funny too, fellas. Chick and Dressler were just adequate, but Chris Jones has signed a Darius Bowman and Emmanuel Arsenal. By the way, Jones, I'm ticked at you. You took my guy off of our team for your team, but, but, Dress, <laughs> but Dressler and Chick weren't good enough. What's next? Brian Kelly and... Tom Scott, you gonna sign a couple of more guys? Like, give me a break. Anyway, that's another rant for an I got a lot to get off my chest. I was in Dubai. Oh. But, you, but, but you know where I'm going with that, Clayton? Like, like there this global thing is is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It's not ridiculous. It's just unfortunate how it started. I think the CFL was right to go the international routes because, again, they need some outside-the-box ideas to keep this thing going. And CFL fans have been saying it forever. We need new ideas. And then there's a new idea, and then they crap all over the idea, right? I think there's potential there. And, again, like John Ryan, he's still one of the best punters in the league. As my doppelganger, I love the guy. If you're ever wondering what I look like, John Ryan. We're literally the exact same person. I sat next to him at the 2006 UTEC Bowl when the Huskies played Laval. (laughs) He gave me his cutters. He gave me his cutter gloves that he was wearing. I still got them. Like, yeah. I love the guy, but I know why they're doing it. It's a great cup year where the riders are hosting the great cup. They need as much money as possible in those valuable positions. And it's a crappy decision. It really is. Well, Clayton, well, I, I, I will, uh, go, go I'll ahead. just say this about the whole global thing. I, I, I'm with Ballsy on it. I think it's a joke and a waste of time. I really do. I, it's, I mean, if anybody in the in the in Europe is going to pay any attention to football, it's going to be to the NFL. It won't be to the CFL, and they're not going to watch the CFL in Norway because one guy's a puncher on the Saskatchewan Roughriders. I don't like the, the idea either that global players take jobs away from Canadians. Yes. I think I think it's dumb. Uh, but so I I will say that. Uh, but all Jeremy. O'Day can do is play by the rules that are thrown at him, and he has to take advantages of anything he can with the state of the CFL as it is today. And if he has to take advantage of a global kicker, which helps him sign another player, then he has to do it. Yeah, and I I totally agree with that. And In Cole's notes form, we have lost a local football legend because we had to to find a way to get a global guy on our team. So we decided because of a $40,000 difference, we would put a global guy on our team because it's a a direction the league wants to go in. If you're telling me that each team gets $500,000 from Mexico or Norway or Denmark, then I'm all for it. See you, John. It was nice it was a slice it's it's not that much of a difference but it is a big difference because he brings intangibles 
that you can't weigh. But anyways, uh, we'll get into that with John Ryan a little later on. Quickly, guys, one question. Do you like our quarterbacking situation? I see the Elks are looking at Masoli, and uh, where's Harris going? I don't like what we have behind Cody Fajardo. You know, Clayton, you're talking all in. It's all in for the Grey Cup. Well, guess what? When you have one quarterback and nobody else in a Grey Cup year, I'm sorry, we got some problems here. We got to find another quarterback behind Cody Fajardo. That's my opinion. As a former quarterback that beat Darian Durant in a throwing contest, you have the floor. Matthew Schultz is sitting right there. He was he was very underrated in Montreal. He's a big guy with a good release. I think bringing in a guy like Matthew Schultz, he'd be cheap. He's got CFL experience. Uh, I know it's not a sexy name, but uh, Matthew Schultz, keep an eye, keep an eye on him. Don. Well, I mean, it's going to be interesting because I think if Mazzoli ends up with the Elks, is it possible? I, I don't know if it is, but if, is it possible that O'Day would try to free up some money in case Nick Arbuckle became available? I mean, we don't know, and that would make certainly the Saskatchewan Roughriders much stronger quarterback if they had Arbuckle and Fajardo. So I, I think that the, the backup quarterback situation is still very much in flux. Uh, the only thing that we know is that Mason's coming back uh, at quarterback. He's the only one that's signed to come back, I believe, uh, under or after Cody Pajardo. So I think it's very much in flux, the quarterback situation. And I think a lot is in flux and a lot's going to happen uh, by next Tuesday. And uh, it's going to be The news is going to be flying in the CFL. Crazy news. It already is. Very exciting times. Thanks for this, Don. I appreciate it, okay? Yeah, thanks, guys. Talk to you later. That's the Professor Don Hewitt. When we come back, Clayton Croker and I will be joined by former Lobola's Golden Sun, former Regina Ram, and once again a Saskatchewan Rough Rider. Mitch Picton, who re-upped on a contract. We signed a local guy. So we're losing a Ram, but we're keeping a Ram. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. It's a quick sports ticker, 450 CFL signings from Wednesday. The Lions have signed wide receiver Javon Katoy to a two-year contract extension. The Bombers have agreed to terms on a one-year deal with receiver Rashid Bailey and the Tiger Cats have signed American defensive back Carriel Brooks to a two-year extension. Brooks was a CFL All-Star in 2021. Scotty's update, Penny Barker's rank improved to 4-2 with an 11-4 win over Team Nunavin on Wednesday morning. Barker takes on 4-2 Kristen McCarvel in the 6 p.m. draw. Chelsea Carey fell 2-4, uh, uh, 2-4 rather, after falling 8-4 to PEI in the 8 a.m. draw. Sports ticker. For Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional services guaranteed, they'll treat you right. 781-2090. We're off to a hot show here. Ballsy along with Clayton Croker and our producer Sean Kleisinger there with a great update. Uh, Capital GMC Buick Cadillac, Saskatchewan's number one GM dealership. Your sponsor for the text line, 936-6262. The number to text. Zinger will keep his eye on that and we'll try to implement uh, what you have to say. Time to head on the Western Pizza Hotline and speak with a Regina Ram that is staying with your Saskatchewan Rough Riders. It is Mitch Pickton. Hi, Mitch. Hey, Ballsy. How you doing? Good, man. So take me back to uh, the touchdown, your first touchdown as a Saskatchewan Rough Rider. Uh, I, I was celebrating way up in the rafters of the stadium like we had won the Great Cup. I was really happy for you. <laughs> appreciate that. Uh, no, it was, it was fun. We, uh, I actually, that was the beginning that Shaq got hurt. Yeah. So I had to move over, and I was actually playing Shaq's spot in the boundary there and just had a 
pump man coverage and a little six yard dig and Cody was able to uh, scramble a little bit and find me in the end zone. So uh, yeah, it'll work out. Take, take me to, uh, you got that touchdown and, and the feel of that touchdown. Does that feeling stay with you longer than fast forward to the West final third and three, the riders trying to keep their season alive. Cody throws it to you. You were in a tough position coming in for Duke Williams, who not only had a foot injury, but it broke his hand in that game. I found out. And so you had to come in there and, and the, it didn't go the way you wanted. Does that stay with you longer than, than the positive play of the touchdown? Yeah, it was a tough one. Uh, difficult situation, but um, yeah, play obviously I wish you could have made. But uh, yeah, you don't. Uh, you try to get over it, but uh, you also want to remember that feeling and uh, kind of keep that in the back of your mind moving forward. And um, that's the play you want to make in the future. And uh, you know, this year with the Great Cup at home, that's. Uh, a play we're going to try to make. Yeah, no, and I'm not trying to pick on you. I'm trying to get inside your mind because a lot of guys I've talked to, when they win a great cup, they love it, but they think about the ones they lost. Like I talked to guys who, uh, you know, who won, uh, who lost 2009 and 2010, but won 2007, like a West Cates. And he's like, yeah, I love, I love 2007, but man, those other two, I just can't get over them. Are you, are you the glasses half full or half empty? Meaning you get over it fast or you use that as fuel to your fire? Um, I've always been pretty good at having a, a short memory, uh, especially as a receiver. Um, you know, you're not going to be able to make every play, so uh, you got to be able to, uh, to put it behind you and only let a play beat you once. And, um, you know, that, that ball is going to come again, and uh, you got to be ready for it when the time comes. Mitch Pickton joining us in the Western Pizza Hotline. Ballsy along with Clayton Croker. Hey, Croak, do you got a question for uh, for Mitch? Yeah, Mitch, you guys got a nice mix of Rams and Huskies, Saskatoon, Regina guys on the team. Do you guys have like a friendly, friendly rivalry back and forth whenever the Saskatoon and Regina teams play each other, or are you just guys just just all one team, one happy family now? <laughs> yeah, we usually have some uh, some friendly side bets going on when the Rams and Huskies play, but uh, no, it's good. Uh, we got a bunch of good guys from Saskatoon on the team as well, and uh, and they're a lot of fun to have along around the rock around the locker room. Sorry. Yeah, so your uh, workout buddy, Lenius, uh, really uh, really came in. I guess what Adam called him skinniest, but he really came in fit as a fiddle, had a great year, and now is with the Atlanta Falcons. You were his workout buddy. How much did working out with him and him pushing you and vice versa help you last season and propel you forward this year? Yeah, I think it helped a lot. Um, just constantly having each other to, uh, to hold each other accountable. I think that was big. Um, he played a lot of high-level football, playing D1 down south. And, um, yeah, I think we just uh, brought different aspects to each other's training regiments. And, um, yeah, we were able to uh, to have a great offseason. And, obviously, uh, it's really worked out for him. He uh, he worked really hard and, and super excited to see him get a shot down south. Clayton Croker joining us in Saskatoon from 96.3 Cruise FM. Uh, good football mind on him. So 2013 Riders win the Grey Cup. What do you remember about that day, Croaks? I remember my guy Scotty McHenry finally getting a nice little uh, Grey Cup ring. He wasn't really a uh, an offensive guy, special teams guy, and that's the kind of guy I like. So that's what I remember, and I remember being very jealous in Saskatoon that I didn't make the trip down there. Yeah, yeah. I should have. I mean, the, the 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 streets of Regina were crazy that night, and we just had to sit there being like, "Why didn't we just <laughs> suck it up and drive the two and a half hours?" Like, funny. hey, uh, Mitch, what do you remember about 2013 in the home Grey Cup here? <laughs> I was actually at the game. So, uh, yeah, I was in the stadium that night. And then afterwards, I was out in the streets of Regina on Albert Street. And, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Might have enjoyed a Pilsner or two. And, 
partying and enjoying the win. Why the big not? Deal in why, why not? Uh, Lobola's Golden Sun guy, a guy that played for the Rams. Another guy that played for the Rams was the outstanding Canadian in that game, Chris Getzlaff. So that's something to aspire to for you. But just to tie a bow on this conversation with regards to the home Grey Cup, how important is it for you to play in a home Grey Cup here? Um, yeah, I mean, it's a big deal. Uh, I've been Saskatchewan my whole life. Obviously, I know uh, what the riders and what this organization means to the province. So um, seeing it firsthand in 13 uh, was pretty cool. And uh, to be able to have the opportunity to bring it back to Saskatchewan and, and do that again uh, this year coming up is, uh, is pretty cool and something I'm definitely looking forward to getting after. Uh, do you have an agent or did you negotiate your own contract? I know guys like Scott Schultz and those kind of guys negotiated their own. How about you? Uh, no, I have an agent. Okay. I have an agent. Rob Fry reps me. Oh, yeah, Rob's a good guy. Great to work with. Yeah, Rob's a good guy. I know him quite well. So where I'm going with this, when did you kind of realize it's the business? It's a business now. It's not just playing for the love of the game. Was there one moment or one thing or something in a negotiation or anything like that? Um, not so much. Honestly, I'm not sure I've even really seen it a ton so far. You see, um, you know, when you saw guys not showing up to practice kind of in training camp or holding out his contract negotiations negotiations weren't finished up uh that kind of thing's a bit of an eye-opener when you see it but um for the most part uh the riders have been been great to me and uh and very fair so uh yeah i'm, I'm thankful for another contract and uh, excited for the season can't wait to see another touchdown uh on uh mosaic stadium turf and hopefully it's in the playoffs and hopefully it propels the riders past those blow bummers from winnipeg thank you very much mitch Pickton. take care my friend all right, thanks. Take care, guys. That's Mitch Pickton joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Coming up after 5 o'clock news, the voice of the Saskatoon Blades, Les Lazaruk. His career began here with his first game. His 2000th is tonight at the Brandt Center under the orange top. He'll be joined. Uh, he'll join us. Clayton Croker will get in on the conversation, too. It's two-on-one Saskatoon fun. Coming up on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Yeah, I got the... Got the call from the bullpen early this morning because uh, Derek uh, not feeling well, so I'm in today. Hopefully he's back tomorrow. Ballsy in with my great producer, or our great producer, but mine today, Sean Kleisinger. I have ownership over him today. And uh, joined on the phone by uh, Clayton Croker from 96.3 Cruise FM. He has hosted the show a couple of times. Uh, actually, what was it? Uh, Mid-January, I think he did a couple of shows, if I'm not mistaken. Right, Clayton? Am I right there? Yeah, you were slacking, so yeah. I do yeah. uh, pick up your slack, bud. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, man. It's good. Thanks. Appreciate that. It's kind of like, you know, nice that the Bombers could win a couple of Grey Cups when they went 29 years without doing anything. So nice you could do a couple of shows when you go all that time without doing anything. See, Croak, what I the did The Blades are playing the Pats tonight, bud. The Blades are yeah, playing I the know. Pats. We're not friends. I we're know. not friends I for know. the next, like, five hours, bud. Kick rocks. Okay, so we'll get to the Blades in a second, but we do have our text line, which is brought to you by Capital GMC Buick Cadillac, Saskatchewan's number one GM dealership. For that, I turn the floor over quickly to Sean Kleisinger. A couple of texts we got, Sean. Yeah, Jamie and Moosejaw is listening. Thanks for listening, Jamie. He said, uh, CFL should be growing the game here in Canada before worrying about the international stuff. How much money is coming into the league with the global initiative uh, focused here, uh, focus here in Canada and make young Canadian kids want to play the game before worrying about the international stage. That's uh, from Jamie and Moose Jaw, and Jim and Regina is also listening as well. The Riders are going with uh, younger, cheaper players. They have a cheaper global punter, and that's what they're going to do. That's from uh, Jim and Regina Balls. Yeah, well, that's obvious, Jim, and thanks, Jim and Jamie, for listening. But what I'm getting at is it's because of the global forced mandate 
have the players on the roster. That's the only reason John Ryan's not on this football team. Make no mistake, because it's not like he sucks. Okay. And another texture says he didn't. He didn't like a Dale Durkatch ballsy. What? In quote, I hated Durkatch. LOL. Wow. Was he a Pat fan? I don't know. Uh, I think I think this is a Blade fan. I think. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Probably Woo! probably a Todd Strooby fan. That yeah. Was a t- <laughs> Todd in, Strooby days. Here in Toontown, one of the texts prior say yes. Yeah, so. yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Let's talk Saskatoon Blades hockey with the voice of the Saskatoon Blades, Les Lazarus, kind enough to join us on a busy night where he's going to be calling his 2000th Western Hockey League game. My very first question for you, my esteemed colleague, a guy I look up to in this business, you're 62 years old and you still ride the iron lung. How the hell do you do that? Uh, I was going to say good drugs, but that wouldn't be true. Uh, (laughs) No, it just doesn't bother me. Uh, I can watch the road go by. the, The bus is my rolling office. I've done a lot of work on the bus on the ride down today here to the Branch Centre. I will do more on, with it on the, on the way home. Uh, and if need be, if I feel so inclined, I can sleep pretty easily on the bus. I've mastered that after 28 seasons or so. So tw- 28 <clears throat> seasons ago, your first broadcast at the Agrodome under the orange top. You're there. You're ready That's to right. go. You're ready to go. And then tell us what Nothing. happens. Tell us what happens. Cr- crickets. Uh, okay, so... Our radio company in Saskatoon uh, took over the Blades broadcasts from old CFQC radio, and we inherited their old Sport 3 mixer that they had used for eons and eons, probably back to the day of Roger Millions and Dennis Bayak, those types of people. Yeah. Our engineer looked at it, said, okay, it's, it's fine. We test it out. Uh, they get me to figure it out and set it all up. It worked when I did it back at the studio. So then I take it to Regina, do everything that I was told how to do back at the studio here at the Branch Center, and when I go to plug it in, nothing. There is no power at all. It is deader than a doornail, and we don't have a podcast. This is like half an hour before we're supposed to be on air that we're trying to figure this out. (laughs) So luckily, there is an engineer from good old CKRM in Regina close by helping out. At the time, Paul Edmonds was doing the Pat James. And he, and actually back then, it wasn't even on CKRM. Pat's games back in the 1994-95 season were on cable TV, on access cable, on the flight's arrival and departure TV channel. Wow. That was what the audio was. But anyway, that's where Paul Edmonds was. And so, but RM was supplying the audio hookup for him. The engineer, I don't remember his name, I'm sorry. He went back to the studio, grabbed an old red broadcast telephone, uh, brought it back, brought back a mixer as well, set it all up, and I got on the air with about five minutes left to go in the second period and called the rest of the game. Wow. And you're calling your 2,000th tonight in the place where it all began, uh, the Brant Center now, the Agrodome. So yes. Um, w- when you think about your career, what's the first thing that really, uh, other than that first story, what's the one thing that pops to your mind? Like if you... Uh, actually, let me rephrase that. If you could go back and call one game again, do one call over again, be in that moment, what game would it be? Oh, my goodness. Uh, there's a lot of them that probably would fall into that. Um, I would say maybe going back to game one of the Blades in the Memorial Cup when they hosted in 2013 
when they had a chance against the London Knights. I think if they win another game somewhere along the line, besides beating the eventual champion Halifax Mooseheads in what I still consider to be the greatest Blades game that I've called in my 28-plus seasons, uh, then I think that may be one of the things I would like to have back. Uh, There's a lot of them that could be done differently. I mean, I can think of a a Game 7 in Brandon of a playoff series, a Game 7 against Lethbridge at uh, Credit Union Center back in the late 2000s when Braden Holtby was the Blades goaltender. There's several games like that that you wish you could have do-overs on, but uh, ah, I would say probably one of those in the Memorial Cup from 2013. Was Clayton Croker the worst board operator you've ever had? No, actually, I loved having Croker around to do it. He was he was great. I mean, the fact that he was a sports guy. Uh, I mean, played football and threw the football. Thank goodness he wasn't throwing anything in terms of how to operate the hockey game. But uh, you know, it would have been intercepted. Uh, but anyway, uh, I'm just saying though that uh, he was he was great. I mean, he was he was easy to work with. He was easy to to figure out, and he was able to pick up on what. I was throwing down, which at times can be a little difficult for somebody who's new to sports and trying to figure out what exactly are you talking about, man? Yeah. So is that true, uh, Croker? You uh, you intercepted a bunch of other signals instead of the uh, Les Lazaric broadcast. Is that true? Yeah. Like Les, do you know him <laughs> on the line, man? Like, come on. I know, you, I know you're on the line. That's why I said it just the way I did. I mean, hey, <laughs> I got to have some fun with you. Well, I still work with Les, but like he, like at Sastel Center, there's no elevator up to the gondola, and I love you, Les, but I'm not climbing like six flights of stairs to see you every single game because I, I do the instand for the Blades. I'll, I'll go up, I'll go up there every once in a while and say hi to you, but I got, I got, got, got other things to do setting up the game. But man, 2000, I know. and like it's, I know, <laughs> it's a pleasure to be. It was a pleasure to work the board for you. You make it really easy, and just listening to your AO, let's go. It was nice. <laughs> yeah, we have we have a lot of fun doing it. I think that's probably the biggest key is is that you don't take yourself too seriously. I mean, it is serious business. We're dealing with a multi-million dollar business. The 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 kids are all trying to get to the National Hockey League. The ownerships are trying to, you know, at at best in a lot of instances break even and thanks to COVID that's not really happening these days. So you know they're doing it for the love of it, for the love of the idea of helping young men develop into professional hockey players and maybe get to the National Hockey League. But you got to have some entertainment. you got to have some fun with it. And those are the sorts of things I try to instill along with calling the game as seriously as I can and highlighting the greatness that you do see out in the ice amongst these young men aged 16 to 20. Les, uh, you just uh, brought a question to my mind I'm going to get to in a second, but I had this waiting here. So uh, in your time, your favorite Regina Pat to watch since we're on a Regina Pat station? Jordan Eberle. Okay, that's cool. Why is that? Well, he just was a guy that had the ability to put the puck in the net from almost anywhere. Uh, and as a result, you, you have to be on your toes. A lot of times I'll say about guys in the course of a broadcast, because I know it just from looking at their shots on goal numbers, that they'll shoot from anywhere. And Eberle was like that. He would shoot the puck from anywhere. If he thought he had even a little wee crease on a goaltender to put the puck in, uh, into the net with, he would do it. He would, he would give that a try. So he was fun to watch because you just never knew where the puck was going to be coming from with him and what he was going to do to try and make it happen in order for him to score a goal on behalf of the Regina Pat. Now, uh, Croaks, I know you want to puke in your mouth when I ask you this question, but uh, who is the favorite Pat for you to watch? 
Lane Scheidel. Little bit of a deep cut, but <laughs> Lane Scheidel was my favorite pack to watch. And it's not just because I went to high school with him and grew up two uh-huh. blocks away and continue to be best friends with the guy. Oh, nope. Okay. He had a five-goal game one year, and I think he had 50 goals one season for the Pats in his 20-year-old year. Awesome. Okay, so yeah. uh, let's go in reverse order. Croker, give me your top three blades of all time. Could even include a current blade. Go ahead. Kirby Doc, number one. I'm looking at his bobblehead right now, and we would be the best team in the dub if that guy hadn't made the NHL. Super selfish guy. Uh, <laughs> number two, probably Nolan Meyer. I love watching this guy play, and Les says it all the time on the broadcast, the most underrated goalie in the league. Like this guy, since ever since he was 16, he's been lighting it up. And, yeah, number one, Darcy Hortichuk just could do it all <laughs> and was so much fun to watch. I was hopped up on sugar as a seven-year-old watching that guy punch everyone in the face was the best thing ever. Yeah, I hated that, dude. Uh, so, uh, uh, Les, Les Lazarick, voice of the Blades, calling his 2000th game tonight, your top three Blades of all time. And don't tell me that's oh, too hard to answer. Come it, on, Lazarick. It, it is hard to do, though, because there are a lot of them that were so much fun to watch. Uh, Frank Bannon would be one. He scored 83 goals one season, so he was a lot of fun to watch. Stephen Elliott was just a magician with the puck. Uh, and then again, uh, number one would probably be Braden Holtby, who went on to the National Hockey League. And there's a lot of honorable mentions that are playing in the league. I actually had a text today from Braden Shen, who was a blade only for a half a year, who texted me to say congratulations. And it was it was great to see uh, Braden's name come up and, and talk with him. But uh, uh, it's... Uh, there are so many guys that have come through, but those would be three guys that had some longevity with the team that uh, performed at a high level all the time, and, and they were among the best that I've seen in my time with the uh, Calling Blaze games. A lot of pre- and post-game shows in 2000 hockey broadcasts. Favorite interview? Do you have a favorite guy you love talking to? You always love talking to this guy or one that sticks out for you? Oh, one kid that was good was Mason McCarty because I never knew what he was going to say, so he was fun. Um yeah. Is there a difficult a coach? Is there a guy you don't like? I love John Paddock as a guy. The worst interview in the history of interviews. He sucks. Like, he is not good at interviewing, but he's a great guy and a good coach and a nice man, but he is not a good interview. I just got four and a half minutes out of John for my pregame show, which I got to put together here shortly. Then you're the greatest. I've never had a problem with John Paddock, and this goes back to when. He was coaching the Winnipeg Jets, and I was working at CJOB Radio in Winnipeg and doing color commentary on those Jets broadcasts when John was the coach. I I never had a problem with John. He was great for me. You're the greatest of all time. You got four and a half minutes out of him. A four and a, I'll tell you a quick story. So we're playing the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in a Labor Day Classic at Old Taylor Field. And I said, yep. the Pats, he was just coming to town, and I said, they said, we want you to put him on the pregame show. Well, it's hockey. So I said, I got to try to tie it into a provincial audience. We're going to joke about football. Let him know that. Okay? So he comes on with me, and I said, so, John, coming over from Winnipeg, former Jets coach. Um, I, you know, you come from Winnipeg, probably a Bombers fan. We, don't worry. We got penicillin for that. We'll take care of that rash. <laughs> Actually... I don't watch football. I don't like the CFL. That was it. I was like, what? Oh, no. John. That was like, I was like, wow. Only two times have I been speechless. That one, and when I asked Brett Hitman Hart to give me a wolf howl on the morning show, and he said, I'm sorry, man. I don't howl. And certainly not for you. And that was, that was, 
That was the end of that. So anyway, uh, last question, and I want to comment from both of you guys because you both love the Western Hockey League, which I uh, admire. I'll start with you, Croker. Are you concerned about the health of this league with the pandemic and teams barely being able to make it? Not even a little bit. I think uh, this league finds a way. There's too many good people behind the scenes to uh, let this thing die. It didn't even cross my mind, to be honest with you. How about you, Les? Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with Croker. I think that where there's a will, there's a way with this thing. Of course, you, Bill and Wade doesn't necessarily pay bills, and you need bums and seats. Uh, but I think eventually once this pandemic eases and we're starting to see it already i see next week manitoba is going to start loosening up some restrictions uh, i think once you start getting people back in the stands and get over their fear and phobia of catching this virus uh, i think you'll see folks wanting to come back and, and get involved and see what the western hockey league is all about because again it is a great league and we have some great races going on this year and i think it's going to be some great hockey over the final two three months i expected to see this league uh, extend its regular season by a couple of weeks here in the not too distant future because of the fact that uh, we've had all these postponed games that have to be rescheduled and the fact that quebec and ontario are uh, going to be delaying so why not the western hockey league make sure you spread it all out so you don't knock everybody down and, and just tire them right the heck out. I, I think it's going to be great down the stretch, and I think you're going to see a lot of folks in, in the arenas, including here at the Bryant Center, which I'm looking forward to. A great broadcaster, even better person, Les Lazaric. Well, you too, Clayton, but especially Les Lazaric uh, on his 2,000th call tonight at the Bryant Center, Pats and the Saskatoon Blades. Thanks for this, Les. Have a great game. A, thanks, Ballsy. Thanks, Croker. Take care, guys. All right. When we come back, we're going to hear from John Ryan about the fact he is no longer a Saskatchewan Rough Rider. Yes, you heard that right. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Yes, love this tune. Sad But True from Metallica. Very appropriate song coming in here to this segment of the Sports Cage. As we head out on the Western Pizza Hotline, dinner time, game time, anytime is a great time to order Western Pizza. Ask your local Western Pizza location about their specials. It is Sad But True. John Ryan of Regina of Sheldon Williams, of the Regina Rams, of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, of the Green Bay Packers, of the Seattle Seahawks, and of your Saskatchewan Rough Riders, is about to become a free agent, and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders have no interest in retaining his services. So basically, they're releasing him. Uh, he joins us now on the Western Pizza Hotline for... His exclusive interview with us, John, thanks for taking time out of your schedule. I really appreciate it. I am, as I said earlier in the show, and you can listen back to it, John, for verification. The Canadian Brew House is our uh, podcast sponsor. Uh, winter wonderful feature dishes available now at the Canadian Brew House. I'm very passionate. You're a friend, but you're like a brother, so I'm, I may be looking through this a little bit with John Ryan glasses. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty ticked today that you're not going to be back with the team, but how do you feel? Uh, that's uh, that's football. That's pro football for you. You know, I think that uh, I kind of knew this was coming ever since I got hurt back in October. 
uh, after playing for 18 years, it's hard to kind of surprise you. And I, I definitely wasn't surprised by this whatsoever. So I kind of saw it coming and, uh, you know, the riders decided to go another direction. They want to go younger, which isn't too hard when I'm 40 years old. And, uh, they want to go cheaper, which is, uh, something we can talk about later, but, uh, that's, uh, that's what they decided. Okay. Can you, can, uh, you've always been real with me. Can you be real as real as you can be with me? If I'll ask you questions, you answer whatever you want. Okay. Absolutely, buddy. Okay, so, uh, you know, people have been throwing around that you make a lot of money. Um, you don't really make a lot of money playing, do you? Um, I mean, I, I do fine. Uh, I think last year, I don't know what it was, it was probably in the low $70,000 range uh, that I made uh, during COVID and leading up to last season. I spent way more than that training and getting ready for the season. You know, I take this very seriously. I want to perform my best. So uh, I, I spent more than that just on training, on coaching, on supplements, on, on all that stuff. So the money means uh, very little, if uh, anything, to me. I've, I've been very fortunate, and I've, I've made my money playing the NFL. And coming back to Regina was, uh, had nothing to do with the money. Okay, so let's go now and talk about uh, what the rider said to you. Who talked to you? Was it Dickey? Was it O'Day? Was it both of them? And what did they say to you exactly, if you can tell us? Oh, I, I talked to Dickie the other night, and uh, as I said, I saw this coming. Uh, Dickie just said that uh, they want that, what I just told you. They want to go younger. Uh, they want to go cheaper. The way the rules work right now with uh, Randy Ambrose trying to destroy Canadian content and that is CFL, uh, they bring in these global players. Uh, you have a roster spot for these uh, global players. If you employ the global players, that gives you an extra Canadian spot uh, as well. League minimum right now is $65,000 in the CFL and you're able to actually pay the global players less than league minimum. So uh, I can go back to the riders and say, pay me league minimum, and they still wouldn't pay it because they can, they can pay a foreign player even less uh, if you're outside of North America, which is uh, very screwed up in my opinion. But, uh, yeah, Diggy just said they're going to go going to go younger, and, uh, you know, if the salary cap was an issue, they'd probably resign me, but that's, uh, that's the way it goes. So- just, you know, we had a good talk. I have uh, all the respect in the world for Dickey, and, you know, uh, you know, I told him that I thought that's kind of the direction they were going to go in, and I respect it. So let's be let's right there. So so that that's where I was going to go with this. If you were to like, if you if you would have, would you have gone to them and said, you know, I'll play for the league minimum because it's not about money for you. You've made enough money. You've got other ventures outside of football. I mean, there becomes a point where there's a certain level of respect. You got to have self respect. But if you you were only playing right because you wanted to continue your career, play with the Riders, and maybe play in a home Grey Cup. Am I right when I say that? Absolutely. That's the reason I came back is to try to bring a great cup of Saskatchewan. And honestly, uh, that's kind of a two-part answer to that. You know, number one, uh, if I went and said I'd play for league minimum, which I would, um, first of all, they, as I said, they can have a global player, which they did. And I'm not, I'm not crap on these global players. We had three of them last year and I absolutely love all three of those guys. Uh, I'm still in contact with them. Absolutely great dude. Loved uh, playing with them last year. So it has nothing to do with them. It has to do with um, Randy Ambrosia and trying to, you know, grow the game through global content instead of being right here in our backyard with Canadians. I think the second part of that league minimum thing is, um, as you said, I don't necessarily need the money, but there's a lot of punters out there that do need the money. Uh, and if I take 65 grand, uh, Richie Leone goes to Ottawa and they said, why, why would we pay you a hundred grand when John Ryan's taking 65, you know, here's 70 or 75. And it kind of, it screws over the whole market. If, uh, if one guy decides to uh, take a low ball offer like that. So it's kind of a two part thing. And, uh, I don't know what's the, what's the right thing to do. John, 
one of the problems with the CFL, and we've talked about it. You've been on our pregame show. We've talked about it, kicking with John Ryan. And by the way, I hope you continue that feature with us coming up this year, if, if you would. I'm already I'm putting the pressure on you right here on the air. But no, <laughs> no I look at this and I and I and I see this this global setup, and and that's really the old, we're losing a local football hero that has intangibles, gives back to the community, money, time, golf tournaments, charity, because they're. They're forcing teams to take global players. And you just said it. You love the guys. And it's no knocking Corey, Corey Vedvik or anything like that. But, I mean, isn't this the Canadian Football League? Yeah, I don't quite get it. You know, it's, uh, it's a little bit frustrating. And, I, and I'm not saying this from, on my behalf to be sour grapes. I'm saying this is a massive CFL fan who absolutely loves the game and a guy who grew up looking up to guys like Lou Saglia and Bob Cameron and Troy Westwood and uh, in Regina, Mike Lazecki. Uh, all guys I, I really looked up to growing up, and uh, that, that's kind of gone now. I know by the last week of last uh, last season, there was one Canadian punter that played that last week, and uh, you you would never see that you know 20 years ago. And uh, those guys became mainstays in all those cities and became you know kind of local heroes in all those places. And that's kind of uh, that's going to be gone now. There's going to be uh, no more no more Canadian punters. Uh, yeah, that's where I'm going. That's where I'm going. I had an argument off, uh, not an argument, a spirited debate with a guy I respect. I'm not going to name him, but he is in the CFL circles. And I said this is an attack on Canadian kickers. You know, football guys, if they can bend rules, they if they're forced into doing something, they'll find a way to make it work for them. And if I was Jeremy O'Day, no disrespect, John, I'd probably do the same thing because I'm forced to do something. So I'm going to put, I'm going to earmark one position. I feel kickers are being targeted. This guy doesn't think that's the case. How do you feel? It's 100% the case. If you look around the CFL right now, just, I just said there's one, uh, there's one Canadian punter that played in the, the last week of the season last year. I mean, that's, you know, there used to be every single position, uh, every single punter in the league was Canadian. So I think it's definitely an attack on the kicker and punter position. When you look at international uh, football, um, you know, you go to countries like Australia, uh, those guys grow up kicking kicking balls. Not footballs, but Australian rules footballs, and that's, that's all they do. So it's easier to correlate that to, to uh, you know, American-Canadian football than it is uh, other positions. You know, it's just, it just a fact. How do you, uh, how do you want to be remembered here? in uh, in Rider Nation and just as a not even a Rider Nation just as a football guy coming from this town uh, I just want to be remembered as a guy who gave back you know I uh, I took so much from that community uh, was given so much from that community and I really want to come back to give back you know, not only on the field but uh, in the community um, I really hope that uh, I'm remembered for, for what I've given back to uh, that city and that province I, I just find and, and maybe a last comment from you uh, however you want to answer it, I just find like when you take the one thing we have is an identity crisis. Guys don't stay in a place long enough. They're not in the community. Back in the day, we had the Aldags, the Polies, and then more recently, uh, you know, the Durants or the Dominguez's or the the Dresslers, the Hughes's, those kind of guys. They stay in the community. They give back to the community. That's what the CFL is missing. You're a top jersey seller. Like I just find sometimes the business side is so short sighted just in this league in general. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of miss those days. You know, I remember back in the late 80s and early 90s, uh, you know, Aldeg and uh, Poli and uh, Elgard and, uh, you know, all Glenn Suter. I mean, I could go on and on about those guys. And they were just staples in the community. And a lot of them are still around the community. George Reed's still in the community. Yeah. You know, guys that uh, played there and stayed there, 
uh, guys that came from the U.S. and uh, fell in love with the city, fell in love with the country, a lot of times fell in love with a girl, and uh, ended up staying there. And I feel part of the reason is all these one-year contracts are just, you know, it's players can bounce around every year, every two years, and there's no, uh, there's no loyalty going either way, in my opinion. Are you done now? You said you only wanted to play for the Rough Riders. Or might we see you in another CFL jersey if somebody comes calling? Uh, we'll see. You know, uh, you know, as I said, I was, as people know, I was injured back in October, and uh, that injury is just kind of healing up now to the point where I can probably step on the field in the next couple of weeks. And right now I think it would be easy if you were to ask me. I'd, I'd say I was going to walk away from the game. But I, I know myself, I know once I step on that field and start kicking again, that that fire is going to come back, and then uh, we'll have to kind of reassess things oh. when that uh, fire in my belly gets going again. Great, great. So what you just told me is when you're healthy, you're going to sign with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and come back here and play against us. That's what you just said, right? Hey, if Wade Miller's listening, I'm, I'm hearing him. <laughs> well, it seems like they're signing everybody. I don't know what's going on in Winnipeg. they got a money tree and no accounting. Anyway, thanks for this, John. I appreciate it. You're a good buddy, and, uh, yeah, uh, please – Please don't listen to any other offers. Come back to our pregame show because they already lost Manny Arsenault. Chris Jones still thinks he can play, so who knows? Maybe you'll be gone too. Hey, I love everyone back in Regina and Saskatchewan. Uh, I'm going to miss you guys, but I'll be back uh, quite often. So thanks yeah. for having me on. Thanks, Paul, bu- and, uh, I'll be back soon. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. That's John Ryan, a free agent punter in the Canadian Football League. When we come back, we'll hear from Ian McMillan, bet sided, get some early lines on the Super Bowl and maybe the NHL too. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Ah, yes. Our bet-sided brother, Ian McMillan, joins us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Clayton Croker also joining us in Saskatoon. Sorry, Clayton, I got carried away with John Ryan. We'll reintroduce you here. I just uh, got... I should have let the two gingers talk, but I didn't. Uh, Ian, uh, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. Uh, I'll tell you what, Ian. I put 150 bucks on the Cincinnati Bengals on the Super Bowl right now. I don't care. Get it out of the way. I've been betting against the Bengals since the Tennessee game. Nine sacks, they still win. 21-3, Kansas City's up, and Mahomes forgets to play football in the second half. Uh, I gotta go with, I'm rolling with the Bengals. How do you feel? Well, we are on opposite sides then, my friend, because I am all over the Rams in this game. Uh, I, I mean, I, I was on the Bengals the last two weeks. I'm not a Bengals hater. I was on them against the Titans. I was on them to cover against the Chiefs. Uh, but I, I honestly just think the Rams are the better football team from top to bottom. I wrote an article this week at BetSided uh, about why I was betting on the Rams, and I laid out 12 different stats that I, uh, in my opinion, are the 12 most important stats when trying to determine how good a football team is. And the Rams have an advantage in 10 of those 12 stats. And you mentioned the Titans got to the, uh, Joe Burrow nine times. The other two playoff teams the Bengals played against have two of the worst pass rushes uh, in the NFL, in the Raiders and the Chiefs. And now they have to take on uh, a good pass rush, one of the best in the NFL, and Von Miller and Aaron Donald in, in that Rams front seven. So, uh, unfortunately, we are on opposite sides of this one, my friend, but at least one of us will be happy uh, at the conclusion of the game. Oh, it'll probably be you. Uh, I'll find a way to, to screw it up somehow. I will tell you, Clayton, though, um, I don't trust Matthew Stafford. I'm sorry. I know it's a great feel-good story. I'm, tr- I'm, I'm tr- trusting Joe Money here. Joe Burrow, he's going to find a way to get it done. Matt Stafford's deep ball doesn't look great. You can tell he's getting a bit old. You can tell there's some tread on the tires. He's not pushing the ball like he did in his prime Lions days, but 
I'm with Ian, man. Go on the Rams. I think the Bengals have emptied the tank. I think they're out of luck. I think it's all about the Rams. Like, that defense, the veteran leadership they have, all in on the Rams. I'm betting my house on it. Okay. Um, I will tell you this. Uh, the, the Bengals, Ian, they have home field advantage. I mean, the Rams have no fans. San Francisco filled the stadium. Who, who, who day nation's going to travel, I think, for that game? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. I mean, I, I, I'm not really factoring home field advantage. I mean, it, it's the Super Bowl. It's probably going to be uh, – I mean, I don't know if you look at the prices for the game, but, like, the cheapest yeah. tickets are, like, 6800 bucks or something. So, uh, I, I don't think there's going to be very many just, like, uh, normal fans of that game. It's probably just going to be filled with <laughs> yeah. a bunch of rich people cheering for – they probably won't even know what a touchdown is. So, I, I, I'm, I'm not – I'm certainly not factoring home field advantage yeah, that very much. Well, where do you, where do you give – if you give the Bengals a chance, then, Ian, you're the expert. Where do you give them the chance? Well, you mentioned it. I mean, I, th- I think the game does kind of come down to Matt Stafford. If the Rams don't turn the ball over, and I would even say if they don't turn the ball over more than once, uh, I kind of give them one turnover they can get a- get away with. But if it is, if Matt Stafford ends up throwing two interceptions or more, uh, that's how the Bengals are going to win. Because every game that the Rams have lost this season, Matt Stafford has thrown at least one interception, and the majority of those losses he- he's thrown at least two. So. It comes down because it not only is Matt Stafford, uh, and I agree with your point, about it, I mean, it, it, I'm nervous about betting on the Rams because of Stafford, but it seems like not only does he throw interceptions, he throws them at the worst possible time. Last week, uh, that opening drive for them, they were down getting ready to score a touchdown, like eight yards out through an interception. A bunch of other times this season, he's had a ton of pick sixes that are either returned for a touchdown or returned down to like the one-yard line. The Titans game comes to mind when they lost to the Titans. He threw one pick six. The other was a return to the one-yard line. They ended up being a touchdown as well. So uh, I think it's going to come down to turnovers. If the Rams don't turn the ball over, they are just too strong of a team. That's what's, a big but, though, because yeah. it's been an issue all season. Yeah, what's the over-under on this game? I didn't see that. What, what is it right now? Do you know off the top Over-under on this game is 48 and a half. And what do you like here? Over? I think I would kind of have to go under just because of the Rams' defense has been so good recently. I mean, the Chiefs' defense is one of the, is one of the worst in the NFL all season, and the Bengals could barely get anything going against them in the first half. Obviously, they did get something going in the second half, but uh, yeah, I think I would have to kind of go under. But that's that's tough. I, I think you could make a compelling argument on on either side of the of the total. Uh, Clayton, would you go under in this one too? You think it's going to be a lower scoring game? Definitely under. Super Bowls usually aren't that high scoring either. The first quarter, everyone's kind of working out the nerves. I just think, yeah, the Rams defense, very solid. I'm going I'm going under. As much as I hate taking the under because it means less points, well, obviously, God. which means a less exciting game. Well, God, guys, I hope it's a lot better than the last time the Rams were in the Super Bowl. That one against the Patriots, that was the most boring game I've ever watched in my life for a championship. Yeah, that one was tough. Uh, that, if anyone was on the under in that game, that was a pretty easy win for them. Uh, let's talk NHL here. Um, in your opinion, who has a better chance of making the playoffs? Clayton's Calgary Flames or Ballsy's Edmonton Oilers? Um, I would say the Flames. I think I think the Flames are, are, are the better overall team. The Oilers still have a ton of issues, especially on the defensive end and depth issues. Uh, but, I mean, you look at the Flames right now, they're 22-13-6. and six. They have five games on hand on the Kings in front of them, five games on hand on the Golden Knights, uh, seven games on hand on the Ducks. And you look at their goal differential. That's kind of the, the thing that's sticking out to me. The Flames have a plus 30 goal differential. Their record probably should be better than what it is. 
Uh, and then you look at the Oilers, their goal dif- differential is only plus two. So uh, I think the Flames are, are, are the more complete team. I think they're a pretty good dark horse bet to kind of win it all, too. That, that Pacific Div- Division is weak. I'm, I, I'm not buying in on the Golden Knights. I don't think they're nearly as good as a lot of people think they are. So they're, so so out of, of the Canadian teams, they're your dark, uh, dark horse team to win a Stanley Cup? If we're ta- talking dark horse, yeah, uh, yeah, I w- I, yeah, I would definitely look at the Flames twenty-five to one right now to win the Stanley Cup. The Western Conference as a whole is not very strong. If they get past the Golden Knights, really the only team that have to worry about is, is the Avalanche and then maybe the Minnesota Wild. Um, I still think, obviously, and, and the, I'm, I'm a little bit biased being a Maple Leafs fan, but I think the Maple Leafs mm-hmm. do have the are the strongest Canadian team. Uh, but yeah, obviously, they wouldn't be a dark horse at this point. And also, they have a very tough path that they have to get through playing in that Atlanta. Yeah, for sure. It, now, I will say this to wrap up the Oilers-Flames debate. The Flames have the better goalie, no doubt about it. I think they're a more solid team, even though it pains me to say it, Clayton, from top to bottom. But if the Oilers get a goalie that's competent, that can stop the puck, they've got, an, they've got a pretty good, uh, they've got a pretty good uh, solid three top lines, in my opinion. The Flames' backhand is very, very underrated. That Chillington guy, we've got Rasmus Anderson. There are some young D-men in Calgary that have really made the difference for them. Everyone talks about Markstrom and Vladar, and yes, they've been great, but it's because of these D-guys that they have on such good contracts. That's the reason the Flames have been sneaky good this year. Yeah, for sure. Um, what, what's, the, what's the Leafs' odds right now to win the Cup, Ian? Um, I'm seeing them anywhere from eight to one to twelve to one, so they're somewhere around like fourth, fifth, sixth on the odds list right now. They'd probably be shorter odds. It's just that path they have. They're going to have to play against either Florida or Tampa in the first round, and then probably play the other of the two in the second round if they do get past the first. So, uh, but right now, like on Bodog, right now they're eight to one. So, who's the smart money on to win the Stanley Cup right now as we reach the midway point coming up on the All Star Weekend? Who, who, if you had to put that sweet, sweet Ian McMillan money down, who would you? put money down on to win the Stanley Cup just in general right now I would say the Carolina Hurricanes I think they're the best value on the board they're right around 10 to 1 to 12 to 1 uh they really have no holes I mean you talk about the Panthers they're they're the best offensive team in the NHL right now uh but they have some issues on the defensive end the Hurricanes really have no weaknesses they're strong defensively they're strong offensively they've been getting some decent goaltending this year uh, and they're 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 in the easier of the uh, of the two divisions in the Eastern Conference. They have a little bit of an easier path uh, to the conference finals than the Panthers, Lightning, and Maple Leafs do. So, uh, and they're still like only sixth around sixth on the odds list. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I like that Hurricanes team quite a bit. Uh, they've been kind of my dark horse bet the past couple of years. I wouldn't consider them a dark horse anymore with how their season's been going, but. Uh, if I were to place a bet today on a team, it would be the Carolina Hurricanes. Well, and I hope if they do get the cup, like you're saying, uh, or get to the cup, they were the Hartford Whaler jerseys like they did the other night. Like, I want to see some Hartford Whalers jerseys. Those were outstanding. <laughs> uh, okay, Pebble Beach. We got the Pebble Beach Golf. Uh, you got a long shot for us? There's somebody under the radar that we could put some, uh, you know, nice little money on? Yeah, I'll, I'll give two picks. I'll give one guy who's not quite uh, under the radar and then a guy who is. Um, Jason Day, as, as far as a, a guy who's a little bit closer to the top of the odds list, he's 18 to 1 right now. He's finished seventh or better in five straight starts at Pebble Beach. Um, and four of those five, he's finished in the top, uh, the top five. And he had a tied for third finish last week. So he's in good form. This is one of his favorite golf courses. He does well every year. He's at 18 to 1 right now. So I like him. But if you're looking for a dark horse, uh, fellow Canadian Nick Taylor at around 90 to 1, he won this event just mm. two years ago. Uh, so for a guy who who's won the event two years ago, for him to be listed all the way down at 90-1 to one is uh, 
Uh, some good value, I think. Uh, he had a solid start last week at the Farmers Insurance Open. Uh, he had a T30. Um, and usually in the sport of golf, if guys play well at – like guys have favorite courses that they just seem to play well at year in and year out. And Pebble Beach uh, is one of those courses for Nick Taylor, and he proved it with the win there two years ago. So we're looking for a long shot. Uh, Got to like fellow Canadian Nick Taylor there, 90-1. to 1. Ian McMillan, where can they find your work? Yeah, best place to find me is on Twitter, uh, I-A-I-N-M-A-C-Bets, and check out the Bacon Bets podcast as well. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate your time. Thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate it. Take care. All right, that's Ian McMillan, Bets sided here on 620 CKRM. When we come back to Pick 6 with Clayton Croker, we break down six topical stories before we send Mr. Croker on his way for the Blades and the Pats game so he can get settled into the chair and listen to Les Lazarick. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Sports ticker at 550. Washington's NFL team is now known as the Commanders. The new team was unveiled Wednesday and it comes 18 months after the franchise dropped its old moniker. Commanders was chosen over the other finalists such as Red Hogs, Admirals, Presidents, Washington Commanders, the new NFL team name. And uh, Canada continues their World Cup qualifying quest on Wednesday night versus El Salvador. And there actually is a scenario for Canada to clinch a World Cup berth tonight. Very unlikely that it's going to happen tonight, but there is a scenario out there. The match gets underway at 8 p.m. Saskatchewan time. Sports ticker for Bronco Plumbing and Heating with professional service is guaranteed. They'll treat you right. 781-2090. Balls in for Derek Taylor. Clayton Croker joining us uh, from Saskatoon. Okay, so let's get to our pick six. We break down six topical sports stories. By the way, I want to mention big curling match tonight. Penny Barker is taking on uh, McCarville from Northern Ontario. Both are four and two. That goes a long way to securing a playoff spot at the Scotties in Thunder Bay. Okay, you heard from John Ryan there. Clayton, just your thoughts on what John had to say. He was pretty, uh, pretty adamant in his interview. I enjoyed it. Seemed pretty content, though, right? It wasn't like he was bitter or angry. He talked about Craig and how much respect he had for him. He's just a gem of a guy, man. Loves the city of Regina. Loves minor football in Regina. And, I mean, at the end there, when you were talking about Winnipeg, and he said, Wade Miller, call me. No, stop it. Why did you even give him that idea? Well, I'm going to tell you this right now. Here's the next one in the pick six with Clayton Croker and Balsey. Are the Bombers cheating? They are signing every... No, listen. They are signing everybody. I want you to watch the Kenny Lawler sweepstakes, and if the Bombers get them back in, there is something fishy going on. We're talking CFL money, not NFL money. I can't see all those guys taking pay cuts to stay in Winnipeg. It's not like they're set for life. Get your tinfoil hat off, bud, because it's just that's not the case. You got to look at Winnipeg as a whole, right? They have great coaches. They have a great executive staff. They have a great facility, winning culture, back-to-back championships, best quarterback in the league, best defensive player in the league, winning culture, great atmosphere. Things are going good right now. Who wouldn't want to play there? It's a very attractive destination, and you're saying CFL money, right? I think that kind of works against your argument here. I mean, instead of turning down a million dollars like you would be in the NFL, you're turning down, you know, ten, fifteen thousand nah, dollars. Is not that, that worth it? Not... In order, 
It's not that low, you man. You don't think it's that no, much? For no. some guys, it might be. Okay, maybe 30, 40, whatever. But maybe you're like, okay, I'm, I'm later on in my career. I want to ring. Let's just go to Winnipeg where there there's a good chance they're going to win it again, right? They're still the favorites with basically everyone coming back, right? I don't think there's any cheating or any shenanigans going on. I just think that it's a bunch of veteran guys taking a pay cut, helping out the GM of the Bombers, and a lot of free agents want to go there. It's an attractive destination in the CFL. You had a lot to say for not being a Bomber fan. That's interesting. No, I did you just on Twitter with your tinfoil hat conspiracy oh, I'm over there. I'm all, for, that, I, I'm all for cheating. The Riders went over the cap in 2013. I want the Riders to cheat. Nobody checks the books anyways in this league. The Argos have been cheating for years. They signed everybody last year. So I'm not, I'm not criticizing the Bombers for cheating. I'm just stating a fact. They're cheating. There, there's some cheating going cheating. on there. Anyway. No, they're not. They're just, no, they're just, they got the team mentality right now. Everyone, okay? They got the team mentality. Take a, take 10 grand off my pay, paycheck so someone else can get some. What did Eddie Guerrero used to say? If you're not cheating, you're not trying. Thank you. Exactly. Okay. So, uh, I'll let you come in on this too, uh, Clayton. Washington, or uh, uh, Zinger, Washington Commanders, like it or not? Clayton, do you like it? No, it sucks. I do, I do too. I thought they should have kept Washington football team. Yeah, Washington football team. I like the WFT. I don't know why, but at the same time, that's just, I don't know. That just kind of seems like if you're the only team in the league to not have a name, that would be kind of lame. What do you think? Uh, it sucks. Yeah. It's like a Madden creative team, you know? It's, t- it's like it's when you're creating a team in Madden and yeah. you have like five names to pick from. It's like, yeah. okay, let's pick the Commanders with yeah. a generic logo. What about, the, what about the foot soldiers? They're going to be offended. They probably will call into Washington and be offended because now we're only honoring the Commanders, not the foot soldiers. Come on, in the cancel culture world. Uh, Burrow or Herbert, who are you taking as your quarterback? Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert? Clayton, you're a quarterback guy. That's tough. Uh, I mean, Herbert is lights out. Herbert is so good. Burrow just has a better resume, right? I mean, in college, he's the national champion. He's already in a Super Bowl. I think I think Herbert's ceiling is a lot higher, but I think the safer pick is Burrow. And when it comes to quarterbacks, you got to go with the safe pick. So I'm going Burrow. I'm going Herbert. What about you, Zinger? It's tough not to go against Burrow. Burrow right now. Okay. I mean, the guy's in the Super Bowl, so yeah. he's Joe Cool. He smokes cigars. He has cool sunglasses. Yeah, you know, sexy quarterback, man. Okay, so how many Canadian teams make the NHL playoffs? Croker, two. I got Calgary and Toronto. Okay, I got three: Toronto, Calgary, Edmonton. I think the Oilers will get in. Zinger, yeah, yeah. Two, I'm with Clayton, and one of them is going to be Montreal. I'm just kidding. Oh, it's my not going to happen. I'm just joking. Oh my. We just see joking. how pathetic that Canadian division was last year. <laughs> Montreal is like eight wins, and they were in the cup last year. Give me a break. Uh, best rule change ever. Move back the point after in football or three-on-three three NHL overtime. Point after. Yeah, how about you, uh, Croker? Three-on-three. I love the three-on-three. They should just have a 10-minute three-on-three. No shootout. Someone's bound to Mm. win at 10 minutes three-on-three, right? I love the three-on-three. I agree. I think the three-on-three should even be in the NHL playoffs. I know that's sacrilegious. No. No, I do. I think it should be. Let's end it. Get rid of the shootout, but I think the PAT. It took a meaningless play and really flipped football on its side. I think that was great. And by the way, that rule started in the Canadian Football League, not the NFL, where a lot of the great rules and great things come from. And I colleges think. should be doing it too now. Like, yeah. why is it just like, that What's makes right. no sense. U-sports, e- e- college, absolutely. And lastly, fellas, Brady 
or I want to go through some of the numbers here. And and most touching pa- uh, touchdown passes in Super Bowl history, Tom Brady with 21, Montana second with 11. Um, most Super Bowl wins, Brady with seven. Montana and Bradshaw are tied for second with four. However, Montana and Bradshaw never lost in a Super Bowl. Brady has. Even gifted a couple of Super Bowls, okay? Had one taken away from him on that cheesy catch by David Tyree. So, you got... It's, it's the Super Bowl. <laughs> you got Brady or Montana. Who's your quarterback, Croker? Tom Brady. Not even close. Well, it's close. I shouldn't say not even close, but it's it's Tom. If I take Joe Montana, does that come with uh, Jerry Rice and company? Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. Ooh, yeah I'm, I'm okay. Take, well, you didn't I'm, mention I'm that. Cool. Well, it's the t- well, well, Razor, I didn't Razor, make- Razor. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. That. I'm taking I'm taking Joe Montana because he might have deflated balls now, but he didn't deflate any balls <laughs> back when he played. And <laughs> and dude, dude, let a comeback to win. He never he wanted himself in a comeback against the Bengals in '88. And he, he, he never had anything really gifted to him. Like, all his Super Bowls were never in doubt. Joe Montana is the guy, in my opinion. Anyway, Clayton, thank you for your time. It's been fun. Can't wait to work with you again, okay? Later, buds. I got to walk the dog. Okay, see, see Okay, and with that in mind, let's go to break with a little Tom Brady action. New England Patriots said they would not sign him. Tampa Bay Bucks said that they should could use him. What happened next was just one of those things. Tom Brady's got seven Super Bowl rings. His quarterback skills are often debated. Unlike football's records can't be deflated. You can say all your ridiculous things. Tom Brady's got seven Super Bowl rings. He's got him. He wants. He throws him. And wherever you're listening today on this cold, frigid day, second day of February, Groundhog Day, we're happy that you're up. Making us a part of your day. I'm Ballsy, as the big voice guy said, in for Derek Taylor, who's under the weather. If you missed any of the show, you could check it out. It's the podcast for the Canadian Brew House. Winter wonderful feature dishes are available now at the Canadian Brew House. Yeah, it's a Groundhog's Day. What a stupid made-up holiday. I mean, serious. Look at it. Wait a minute here. I'm just going to... Give me one second here, folks. I'm going over to the... Uh, Going over the sports cage calendar here. Just give me a second. Zinger, look <laughs> at right. the calendar here. Yep. We, we don't need a groundhog. It's February 2nd. <laughs> Judging by my math, that's seven more weeks of winter. Ballsy's drawing on the window right now. Can it's... we end the stupid thing that is Groundhog's Day? Hey, it's National Tater Tot Day today, I think. Okay, tater, tater Tots are pretty cool. I'd rather celebrate that. Yeah. I'd rather celebrate that. I always celebrate this guy, Farhan Lalji from TSN, joining us. Is that not dumb, the Groundhog's Day? Like, that's stupid, don't you think? Well, it would be even stupider if we actually had like a day off for it, right? Because it, yeah, actually, maybe I, maybe I should. Yeah, that would be that cool. Way. Yeah, it's really a holiday. Give us a day off. Yeah, day off. exactly. We look for groundhogs. We, we can all go to a instead of a instead. Son, in, what's that? Say that again. We were throwing the football. We were uh, my son and I were just out throwing the football in the snow for an hour. 
out here in the West Coast. I don't know what it's like over there, but for us, this is a bit of a hardship. We've we've had a pretty good week, and now all of a sudden, we we got a day of snow today. We haven't had this in a while. What's the temperature? And so it feels, oh, it's like freezing, like zero, maybe minus one, <laughs> minus one. How's that? That's cold for us here. Oh, okay. We all got to take the holiday, watch the movie Groundhog uh, Groundhog Day with Bill Murray. Man, I'm all that's for what, the most annoying Farhan movie. for mayor, Farham for a uh, Farhan for prime minister. We don't sit around a hole outside to see if the gopher comes up or groundhog. We sit at a watering hole and talk about how we got <laughs> seven more weeks of winter. Hey, uh, we are coming up on a wild free agency time. Let me ask you a question. Do you think this global initiative is targeting the kicking profession? We just had John Ryan on. He is now a free agent. The Riders have elected not to re-sign him and go with the younger Kerry Vedvik, who punted pretty admirably in John's, uh, you know, when John went down with the injury. But I don't know that the CFL product is better off for having a, a global kicker as opposed to a John Ryan, who, as Coach Dickinson said, is one of the best specialists I've ever been around on both sides of the border. Let's be honest. The local football hero isn't here because of a mandated global rule to have these guys on the roster. Well, yes and no, right? I'm, like, look at the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and they have Theodric Hans, yeah. and he's a legitimate player that can rotate in. You know, the teams that generally have success seem to have all the bases covered. So when you look at Hamilton and you look at Winnipeg, who happened to be in the Grey Cup last year, their globals were relevant. Right, and not that kickers aren't, but it's the lazy ones that just decide they want the globals to be kicker, kickers. Right, mm -hmm. but that's kind of where they, they pigeonhole it, and that shouldn't be the way. That it's not the goal of this initiative. I mean, the ultimate goal is to have skill players that are globals, not just linemen. Certainly not just kickers, because nobody buys jerseys or comes to games or identifies with, uh, you know, that. Like, and this is what this is whole this whole initiative is about, right? So if Player personnel executives on teams decide the easiest way for me to manage the rules, use a kicker, your problem. I'm not feeling sorry for you. Figure it out, look deeper, and go find legitimate position players. Follow a guy named Brandon Collier on Twitter, guys, or on Instagram. Brandon Collier played in the CFL briefly for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He's uh, an American guy living in Germany now, and he scouts the globe, and he has a Dream Chasers tour every summer where he brings the top football players, high school age players from Europe to Division One schools, and, and they get identified. And, like, more than 20 of them every year are now getting Division One full rides. Not every one of those guys is going in the NFL. And how about the guys that just miss out on Division One rides? Could we not send them to a youth sports school? Could they not eventually come into the CFL that way? They, these players are out there. The athletes are out there. The NFL has a pathways program. They bring skill guys into um, uh, Division One uh, pro days all the time, right? Like Florida had a bunch last year. UCLA had a bunch last year. Those athletes are there. Get off your ass and find them. Don't take the lazy way out and decide that you want to just focus on kickers. Not good enough. Yeah, Farhan Lalji with some uh, very good comments there here on our Western Pizza Hotline. Of course, our TSN expert joining us here. So you talked about throwing the ball around with your son. And we'll stay with that theme. The BC Lions look like they've got Nathan Rourke, at least right now on paper, as their starter. And they're, they made a pitch for Lawler. They've got Burnham back in the fold. Lucky Whitehead. Uh, just Katoy, they signed that big uh, stud Canadian receiver. Are, are we believing that the Lions are going to go with Nathan Rourke as their number one guy this year? Oh, 100%. 
and he's going to be good. There's no doubt about it. I was around this guy all last year. I've known him since his time out at Ohio. He's going to be a legitimate quality or CFL starter for years to come. Uh, this this kid is a quality player, and uh, yeah, the Lions have every reason to believe in him. And he didn't play a ton. He played you know essentially you know two full games and kind of two half games last year. But it was what he did the entire season during practice because the first half of the year, Mike Riley didn't even practice, right? So he got all the first-team reps. It's his level of maturity, commitment, preparation, all of it, along with his arm talent, because that was kind of a question when he came out of college. But he spent so much time developing that that the ball jumps out of his hands. Uh, ironically, his, his uh, throwing coach is a guy named Rob Williams, who was actually – on virtually with my son and I today because he, he does some stuff with my son as well and and I've known Rob for a lot of time a long time I actually connected he and Nathan uh, a couple of years ago and um, turned into his prized pupil Nathan Rourke is a legitimate guy now do the Lions need to bring in a veteran backup just to continue to mentor and if there's an injury to have a reasonable plan B all of that sure but I I, I get what the Lions are doing now should they be spending all the money where they're spending it we can debate that but the fact that they're doing it based on the fact they're not having to pay a quarterback top dollar for the next two years, good on them because this is the one, and hopefully he paves the way for the next one. Are you buying what's happening in Winnipeg? I floated out the hole, and I'm okay with it. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. I'm, I'm okay with that. I'd love to see the riders push the line here. Everybody's re-signing in Winnipeg. Like, how is that possible? I, I, I don't know, man. I, something's up there. Well, uh, number one, Mike O'Shea. Right. Uh, like that's significant. Um, you know, I, I've been very complimentary of what's happened in Winnipeg, you know, and the, the organization and the quality and everything that's going on. Guys, it's one guy. It's Mike O'Shea and people want to play for him. And they've created something really good there. I mean, for a guy like, uh, you know, Michael Couture, who probably turned down an extra 25 grand to come to B.C., and he decides to stay there. The cost of living has something to do with that. You know, you're sure of getting playoff money, right, where you're not necessarily in B.C. That's got something to do with that. But he, he likes it there. He, he genuinely likes the coaches, the culture, the building, all of it. Stanley Bryant legitimately signed for less. Now, there are some people out there that say, well, there's, you know, money going under the table here or there's personal appearance money or, you know, marketing dollars, extra stuff for, for doing all of this. There might be, but I got news for you guys. You don't think that's happening in Sask? Like Sask is where that stuff has always been readily available, right? And there are other places that it's probably happening too. And if, if you can make additional outside income, good on you. Do I think that guys are making an extra 60000 70000 No. Like, you know, that's just – that's personnel guys that are sour that they're losing out on guys. Hmm. So, you know, the Bombers have got to make an – they've got to make a decision. You know, they'll probably lose Kenny Lawler, right? I think, I think there's a real good chance Andrew Harris isn't back there. Right. And, they've, you know, they've had to make some other decisions around the edges and they'll wind up bringing in some guys, whether it be a, a new receiver to replace Lawler, that's a, a rookie or somebody in the secondary or, or what have you. You know, those things are going to have to happen and they'll work themselves out. But I, I don't think there's egregious stuff happening here. And, and understand this. Last year, everybody was working off the salary cap floor. Now they're all working off the ceiling. So there is a thing out there right now where the presidents have all agreed that we're not going to spend more than $400 on signing bonuses. Okay, that's fine, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a negative. But the positive side of that is we're not working off the salary cap ceiling. So that's almost like a million-dollar gap. 
that these teams now have that they didn't try to use a year ago. And some of those players, they were able to put that money into last year's business year, right? So from a cap perspective, they got a little bit more flexibility. So when I look at the Winnipeg players, it's not like they're paying huge top dollar. And the fact is, is that if they've, if they've got guys that are making appearance money here and there, that's not what the difference is here. And of all the teams, Saskatchewan shouldn't complain about that because they've had that in spades because the game matters there more than anywhere else in the country. Mm. Right. So like that, I, I better not be hearing that belly aching out of Saskatchewan because I'm not hearing it. Well, I'm just, not here for that. You're just hearing it from me anyway. Farhan uh, joining us here, Farhan Lalji from TSN. So let's switch gears to the NFL. Brian Flores is like a burglar that breaks into your home when he knows you're there. Like he has got some stones. This guy's ready to light his this guy's ready to he this guy's ready to light his career on fire over this. So there's gotta be where there's smoke, there's fire. What are you making of this Brian Flores thing in the States? I think it's totally real, and I'm glad he's doing it. And, and good on you, right? Because the fact is, the Rooney Rule, I'm not going to say it's a bad thing, right? Because in some cases, guys might not get an opportunity at all anyway. But now the mindset becomes, okay, here's our candidates, and then we got to fulfill the quota, right? And, you know, so I, I don't know if those guys that are in there to fill the quota, since Mike uh, Tomlin, right, yeah. I, I don't know that any of them are really having a, a meaningful opportunity, right? So I'm not suggesting get rid of it because some people just believe that, yeah, like it at least exposes guys to the process, if nothing else. But the fact is that guys, you know, the, could, are you telling me that the, that the Giants made a decision on Brian Dable before they hired, before they meet, had a meaningful interview with, uh, yeah. with uh, Flores? Of course they did. Of yeah. course they did. This is true. Yeah. Right. And, and uh, I'm not going to sit here and say that, um, you know, John Elway was hung over. Like, I can't tell you that, but could you tell me that they had already made a decision before they, interview Brian Flores sure I buy it right like and, and how about the how about the, the claim a little bit more obvious how, how about the claim of uh Steve, Stephen Ross where the tank and, the, and, and even oh, Hugh even Hugh Jackson oh. said same thing happened to him with the Browns yeah I, I'm, I'm totally buying that if you don't think teams are tanking uh you know we talk about it in hockey every year uh we've seen it in in basketball from time to time yeah it's absolutely happening right so should it be no it shouldn't there's got to be some integrity but you know we we heard about tank for Tua. like brian flores went in there in the worst possible time through all of it right and you look at you know you look at uh, the situation in houston right the coach there did a pretty good job probably deserved to keep his job even though he had four wins given what that roster was after deshaun watson was gone and you know and jj watts said get me the hell out of here do i think tanking happens in the nfl hell yeah because in the nfl the draft picks are so valuable they're significantly more valuable than they are in hockey, like top to bottom, right? And yeah. I say that because in hockey, they don't all come play in the NHL, right? Like you might get five guys every year that make the team from that draft class, right? Whereas in the NFL, like if you're drafted, you're playing. And if you are at the top of the draft uh, at the draft class, you're probably generational, right? Like if you are one of these elite quarterbacks that's come out, if you are Kayvon Thibodeau, or, you know, maybe Aiden Hutchinson, I don't know. But, like, there's, you know, you could be that ridiculous defensive lineman or that unbelievable quarterback, and those are franchise changers, right? Whereas Connor McDavid doesn't come along every year in hockey. Yeah. Right? No. The top draft pick isn't that guy every year. Yeah. But in football, you know, like, those are game-changing guys. So, yeah, if you're going to tank for that guy, like, do I think it happens? Absolutely. It's the other part that really kind of raises your eyebrows, that he tries to get you to tamper with that quarterback and sets you up and without even telling you for a meeting on a yacht, 
right? Like if that stuff gets proven, I would hope they get, not only do I hope that Steven Ross has to sell the team, I hope a minority has to buy the team. That's that's where the problem is here, Mm -hmm. right? Because what I've seen more and more is everybody wants to be Jerry Jones, where Jerry Jones is the owner, the president, and the GM, right? And if you really wanted to call plays during the game, you probably could. And every owner wants to completely meddle and have their hands right into it more so than they do in other sports. And these franchises rarely get bought and sold. So now what I'm seeing is owners hiring coaches. Owners not saying, okay, we're going to get the GM, and then we're going to let the GM do his job. They're hiring these guys in tandem. And the owners are front and center in the coaching decision. And that's wrong because these guys don't have a clue. And, and because of that, it's, it's old money that is making the decision to hire the coach. And if you don't think they're hiring based on someone they're comfortable with how they look or make them feel, of course they are. Yeah. Okay. Of course they are. We're up against... So owners need to let GMs do their job. If the GMs do their jobs, this wouldn't be a problem. We're up against the clock, but i got to squeeze this in because I won't talk to you again before it happens. Are the, uh, speaking of tanking, the Bengals 2-14, and 14, now they're in the Super Bowl. Are the Bengals gonna? Are the Bengals gonna win the Super Bowl? Look, I'm I'm still picking the Rams because their their roster is simply better. But I, I'm having a really difficult time not believing in Joe Burrow because he just seems to find a way, right? And as far as the game last week, Kansas City lost it. Yes, like you can say all you want about Joe Burrow, and I'm a big fan of his. Kansas City lost it. Patrick Mahomes played the worst half of football in his career. Can that happen again? I mean, you saw the throw that Matthew Stafford had that should have been picked off, right, to Tart, and it, and it didn't. Like, could that happen again? Sure it could, and, and there seems to be some magic brewing there in Cincinnati, but the Rams have the better roster. Their D-line should overwhelm Cincinnati's O-line, but that's what I've said earlier, and Cincinnati still finds a way, so you just never know. Well, Farhan, I'm going to tell you this. I'm putting 150 on the Bengals because of the Bomber connection. Zach Taylor, who is on the Bombers roster, I think, in 2007 as a quarterback. Uh, the Bombers are going to win the Super Bowl, the Bombers and the Bengals. Thank you very much, Farhan. Nice talking to you again, my friend. Thanks for having me, guys. Take care. That's Farhan Lalji joining us in the Western Pizza Hotline. We'll wrap up talking Pats hockey from yesteryear with our buddy Rob Banstone before the Pats and the Blades broadcast here on 620 CKRM. No, it's not. It's Michael Ball, Derek Taylor under the weather, and we're wrapping this show up in fine style with the great Winnipeg Jet fan, Rob Banstone. Rob, the Antonio Brown of the NHL has just scored again. Evander Kane, the former Jet, tips home a shot and the Oilers up 2-0 on Washington. Yes! How do you feel about that, Rob? Well, you know, it's it's a typical Evander Kane game where you look, you look at him one night, you think he should be in the Hall of Fame. And then the next night, you're not even sure if he's in the game. And I went through that so many times when he was with the Jets. He looked so dominant some nights, not only... He didn't even have to score a point to assert his presence and make it known because he just could affect the game so profoundly from a physical standpoint. And then two nights later, it's like, well, did they send him down to the moose? Like, where'd he go? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, I love this guy, Rob Banstone. Very eloquent writer, and you'll get the best of Rob Banstone in the leader post now online as he's penned an article or typed an article. I don't even know what you say anymore with the changing newspaper industry, but he has an article up about Brad Horning. I was at that game in 1987 when he became a quadriplegic. I was sitting with my dad. My dad had a medical background as an EMT, and they had, over the public address, I'll never forget it, I'm 15, they said, we need anybody with medical 
um, a medical background, please come assist. And my dad went down there to help out. And when he came back, he said, I, I don't know if that kid's going to make it. Uh, I mean, and and Brad, across the hallway from my aunt in Wascana rehab, smile on his face, always talking hockey. I ran into him a couple of months ago because my parents have been in and out there. And now uh, terminal cancer, just a great, great guy. Yeah, it really is. I mean, just it's just gutting to hear the news about Brad. I mean, that family's had to put up with so much sadness and has done so with such a remarkable uh, spirit that just endures. I mean, they're an example of of, uh, of resilience and of character. Uh, just all the good things you can possibly say about people certainly deserve to be said about the Horning family. Uh, Larry Horning, uh, Brad's dad, sadly, he died of cancer 20 years ago. Just one of the nicest, funniest people I've I've ever met. A former Winnipeg Jet, by the way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, knew, I knew you'd squeeze that in. The one thing about Brad <laughs> has been his spirit. And, the, you know, he has put up with so much, but you wouldn't know it talking to the guy. No, you know, I mean, I just, I marvel at it. and I can't even relate to it because I, I know in his situation, I would be an absolutely insufferable why me person. And uh, <laughs> my wife will confirm that. And uh, I just, I don't know how you get past something where your life is altered so quickly in a split second and, and proceed with the determination and the success and the good nature and the optimism that has characterized Brad Horning over 30, nearly 35 years. It'll be on March, March 1st. And, uh, and the family is is the same way. And uh, I'm just, uh, I've, I've been in awe of them for a long time. I'm very proud to call them friends. And uh, I know a lot of people are in a situation where they make, they make everybody feel like, you know, they're, they're your best friend. They're just, uh, they're just, they're just an amazing family, uh, Terry and Leanne and Brad. And, uh, and uh, carry on the spirit of, of Larry Horning so well. We uh, we enjoy your work, and you can check out the article uh, on the Leader Post website. Thanks for this, Rob. Uh, have a great night, okay? Yeah, you bet. Thanks uh, thanks so much for your time, Ballsy, and all the best to, to Brad Horning and, and his family. And the Pats tonight as they take on the Saskatoon Blades. We had Les Lazarick on his 2000th NHR, WHL uh, broadcast. Dante DiCario will have our call here coming up here, 635 with the pregame show. If you missed any of this show, you can check it out for the Canadian Brewhouse. Winter wonderful feature dishes are available now at the Canadian Brewhouse, our podcast for them. All our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. And on the text line, your text came in courtesy of Capital GMC Buick Cadillac, Saskatchewan's number one GM dealership. Is the Oilers score again here? Yeah, they're up 3 nothing. Oh, it's just like five, five minutes into the first period. Yeah, well, the I'm, goalie's getting pulled. I'm sure. Yeah, usually it's the Oilers goalie. Yeah. Probably the Oilers will find a way to blow what it. Although bitch. Ovechkin's sick, right? He's out with COVID or yeah, something, right? he's on right? the COVID list. And what are these unis Washington's rocking tonight? I'm not sure if they're Zinger approved or not Okay, they're looking yet. like they're the Harlem Globetrotters. Or the Washington, what were they, Washington? Generals. Generals, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. That, that commander's name is stupid. It's a horrible name. It's a Madden creative team name. It, remi- it reminds me of sitting in my mom's basement, Madden 2004, creating a team. Hey, before we get to Dante here, just your thoughts. I never really got your thoughts. You're a huge Ryder fan. Uh, just on John Ryan no longer being a Saskatchewan Rough Rider. Well, it's one of those guys. I think a fan. Anytime you see a fan favorite leave, like over the years, I'm thinking of number of guys in my head. It's always a sad day when you when you come to the realization that you're not going to be able to see him yeah. play anymore, right? And just the circumstances around it, I think, really amplifies it as far as this global thing goes. Because it, it, we've been saying it all all show long. It's like it's not 
the riders' fault. It's the it's the position the riders have been put in based on uh, the global players needing to be on the roster. Like if that wasn't a thing, John Ryan's back in green and white next year. I don't yeah. think there's any doubt about it. So, yeah. Yeah. well, he'll be a part of our team in the pregame shows. You heard he's going to do that, and I think he's coming in for the Regina Red Sox dinner in April, if I'm not mistaken, as well as a featured guest speaker. Here. That is yeah. coming up. So anyway, thank you for joining us. Uh, Derek will be in tomorrow, but coming up on the other side here, we've got Dante Dakari, our pregame show Pats, and the Saskatoon Blades over at the Brent Center. Go Pats, baby. Yeah, we'll talk to you when we talk to you.